Welcome to uh, another edition of Indiepocalypse Radio, your number one source for all things Indiepocalypse. Though I'm getting a lot of weird or increasingly strange requests uh, from people. But anyway, uh, or things that I'm not expecting. That said, uh, welcome to the show. We've got another show. I'm not going to do too much preamble on the top here because we have people who need to vacate the premises uh oh i'm andrew i'm the host of uh, indie apocalypse it's, it's important to also say my name at the top in case the guests do not know what my name is which has happened sometimes they're like what's this guy's name can i call him pizza and i'm like not on your life mr pranks yes i'm like i would rather die <laughs> i have a name <laughs> And it is Andrew, and our guest also has a name and a name of their game, and that game is uh, the Trials of Goodbye from issue forty-two of Indie Apocalypse, and that guest name is Yasmin Lee. Yasmin, how are you doing today? Hey yo, you know, just chilling out here in New Jersey. Ah yes, you know, living a good life, living a good good life. That's uh, I'm all about uh, living the good life is I think probably the ideal kind of life to live. <laughs> Honestly, I am. Oh for sure. Um, important question off the top. Uh, how did you hear about any apocalypse? Um, I well, I'm like I like go on itch.io like literally every day of my life. Yeah. I'm sure many people do as well too. So it just kind of came up, and I just kind of been following y'all just like super silently in the background for like the past like half a year or something. That's a lot of time. When I say that, like that's a lot of time, as if it's not been going for like you're not three years. Be- it's been going for a long time. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but that's. Uh, it's a good way to know. That is my informal survey of like, how do I get more people into this thing? How do I, uh, my, my endless treadmill of, uh, developers or chasing down developers and making sure I have enough of them. But speaking of developers, uh, having developed a game, tell me a, a bit about if I was unfamiliar with the trials of goodbye is. So it was actually a game jam entry I made for what was it the Game Boy Jam, uh, a Game Boy Showdown 2023. Yeah, and I just kind of I've been making projects with like my friends and stuff and like classmates I had at school because we were like studying like game development, but I kind of wanted to make something on my own, so I kind of like pulled up my bootstraps, looked <laughs> at uh, GB Studio, I was like, I can make a little Game Boy game. Yeah, and turns out I kind of understood how to use it, and I kind of didn't because like I've programmed before and I've like messed with game engines, but I was like, I don't really fully know how to use this. So fun fact, uh, so the Game Boy Showdown 2023 was like, you had like I think about a week or something to make the game. Yeah. So I made all these assets, right? Like I <laughs> planned it out. I thought it was like up to spec, and then I basically got in like the day right before it was due. And I noticed that I started importing them all. And I realized that none of them actually worked, oh, which wait. is crazy. Like, they just, they like just I, broke? Like, no, not like they broke. It's like, so Game Boy uh, or GB Studio has, yeah. like, really specific specifications because it's, you know, supposed to theoretically run on a Game Boy. Right. And I didn't read the spec sheet super well. I, was, I didn't go for the documentation too <laughs> well. So I ended up having to redo program, write, and, like, basically changed the entire game in like 24 hours so i like to just say i worked on like a 24 hours game jam yeah even yeah. though it was like a week <laughs> right well uh, a week of uh, note taking and doing a draft and then you made the game in 24 hours yeah exactly <laughs> like you know i was just busy 
Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a... I definitely did not spend like hours already like making like a ton of assets. No, no, of course not. No. <laughs> Why would you make a bunch of assets that you couldn't use? That would seem kind of silly. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I guess that's solo development for you, and it was like my first time doing it. Like yeah. normally, I just have like my programmer friends deal with that stuff, but this time it was like it's all on me. And I think I think that's I always recommend that everyone try like making a game once on their own, even if you fail at it, because you're like, oh, <laughs> here's all the stuff you need to do. Turns out it's a lot of it. Yeah, it gives you like a whole ton of perspective. Like, I mean, I never made music before. I've like messed around on the piano when I was like a little kid. And right. like I had to learn how to make a little, not anything complicated, but like I had to make a little song before. Yeah. I didn't want to like, you know, buy the asset or, you know, use someone else's. I wanted to try to make my own. So it's yeah. a fun experience. So I will definitely say. Because uh, I, I definitely think that, you know, sometimes there is that, that there's the feeling of a uh, free asset <laughs> purchased asset music, you know, and it like a lot of times never quite, a lot of times never quite fits. Uh, Cause it's a project. Yeah. Yeah. And even like a, like a eight, eight to 12 bar thing, you just kind of made yourself that is technically exists, you know, and you're like, Oh, I made that. It exists. So a lot of times yeah. that'll fit better. I mean, I did use um, some sound effects from a username Coffee Bat. If you guys, you probably have seen their stuff before because they like give out like a ton of free assets for like sound effects and music. But yeah, besides that, just completely solo. Right. It's <laughs> that is a it's, a it's a task that's worth uh, undertaking, you know, especially because uh, uh, GB Studio. It's like still it's it's not like you can make any game that a Game Boy can make. It's still within like a very specific framework that it that it can produce games for, right? Yeah, like you can make it for the Game Boy, like the original and Game Boy Color, and they have both their own specifications too. I made mine for the Game Boy. Yeah. Um I know there are a couple bugs in my final product, <laughs> but I like to just say that there were quirks and kind of move on. Yeah, well, a, a video game without bugs, those, this is twenty. Those don't exist. Yeah, and even plenty of old ones ha had bugs. If people find bugs, you know, it's like uh, the mark of a good game because the people spent so much time messing around in it that they found all these bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never. It's a character. Exactly, exactly. This kind of uh, notion of uh, sloppy developers even though sometimes uh, it can be sloppy developers and being sloppy is nice, <laughs> you know? I mean, I kind of like seeing imperfect games, yeah. personally. You know, it kind of makes you feel like... It's like when you watch, like, a movie and you're like, that was definitely made by a human being, you know? Right, right. And you're like, you know, even if it's not perfect, and there's, like, some areas that are like, why did you guys, like, do that? You're like, well, that's, I guess, part of being human. Yeah, it is, like, a way that, oh, a human... It feels like I, I was talking to a friend yesterday about how I kind of like um, even bad. I love it when people make choices, when it feels like people are making choices, even if the choices are bad. I love the feeling of uh, seeing someone trying something. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I watched, um, what was it? Tom Cruise, don't sue me. I watched Mission Impossible yesterday. Yeah. And the movie's like, like Maso Meadows kind of like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But... 
like every time like dialogue was bad or like a camera shot didn't work i just thought someone had to still sit there and edit this together and i think that's kind of cool because i feel like a perfect movie or a perfect game or anything it's just like not as fun you know like as you said like seeing someone make a bad choice is better it's as it's interesting because it's they're still making a choice you know right yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of like that is the uh the the you know the 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 drudgery of uh say if a computer were to make all the choices because it could because computers can't make choices and you're, like, mm-hmm. you're like oh uh that's why i don't you know or, or playing too safe playing to what you would think an audience wants and uh, it's an audience wants all sorts of stuff. So if yeah, what do they always say in the entertainment industry? It's like they don't. The audience doesn't really know what they want. You have to give it to them and just see if they'll bite. Right, right. And then people, you'll follow like eight million uh, user guides of how to make the best games, and then a game will come out that's a mega hit that follows like none of those rules, you know, of most marketable games or whatever you want to call them. I mean, wasn't that, like, a whole thing of, like, that, like, 2000s, 2010s of, like, indie titles that, like, fall back onto, like, traditions of, like, 80s and 90s games? Right. Despite, you know, cutting-edge graphics coming out. It's like, you know, you think, like, the market says, like, oh, I want something that looks like the next Call of Duty or the next Final Fantasy with, like, cutting-edge HD graphics. But not everyone always wants that. Or maybe you want a variety of both, you know? Yeah, yeah. You want... You can watch like huge cutting edge graphics, but then sometimes I can, you know, the secret of indie games is people don't always have to squeeze through tunnels and <laughs> weird loading zones all the time. Mm-hmm. Cloud doesn't have to constantly shimmy through very tight services because he needs to load his next zone. Uh, hey, though, yeah. I will say I love I love a good loading screen. If you do it right, yeah, I will watch that thing for like an hour. Right, but right. I might be like one of the ten people that might believe in that. So don't mind me. No, lo- uh, listen, good loading screen like splash art, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> I think about uh, I can't remember if it's more it's Morrowind or Oblivion. I think it might be Oblivion. There's one of the load they have loading screen tips, and one of them is uh it's like a guard he looks unhappy with you and it says people don't like you when you talk to them with their weapons out with your weapons out and i think about that <laughs> a lot i'm like yeah that's true if i have a sword and i point at the guy's face he's probably not going to like me when he's talking to me very much yeah i mean if you do things like that with your loading screen like people will like stick around they'll like screenshot that stuff they'll like yeah. they'll like praise like earth and heaven tree it just sucks when it's like like a, like a generic like background or something or just like a little loading thing yeah. and you're just like i guess i'll just wait you know for the next hour for this like next new environment to show up right right and, it's, uh, and, and what do you got to do with that new environment you know i'm gonna walk around it there's like a, a a bush that looks really good i can see all the leaves on it individually i guess <laughs> and like no shade like no shade to their artists yeah. like they're obviously no, crazy that... they're like crazy you know what i mean they're like insane but it's one of those tricky things they're like yeah you have to make uh you spend a lot of time making a lot of very specific sort of things and it's 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 a weird it's a weird games are a weird medium (laughs) because you have i mean yeah uh where it's 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 so much of the like art asset demand just like it's strange that it keeps like 
going forward, <laughs> it's silly to say that because it's weird that people try to keep making graphics better, but they will forever until they just stop until it's it's no longer sustainable. I mean, I'd imagine most of that's just for pushing hardware, right? Like right. Sony and like Microsoft want the next cutting edge game because that proves how good their hardware is. Yeah, like that's... running under like. But then you see like you ever see like those like photos of like like people like you know with like a Windows Seven computer set, like still in twenty twenty three like yeah. playing Undertale. And you're like you know your game is more accessible when you can kind of simple like simplify it and just like you know put it down to like the core roots of like what makes a fun game right 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 like what is and also what is a playable game on a computer <laughs> you know that is or, or not requiring you to buy an expensive console that's an increasingly weird thing that we don't have the video game version of a dvd player yet honestly yeah i i feel like we're I feel like we're hitting the point almost where it's actually taking so long to be cutting edge that maybe hopefully they'll pull back a little bit. Hopefully that's, I mean, I'm just a, a weirdo. like since the PS3, I can recognize that things have gotten better, but my like personal, you know, the personal noticement of like, Oh, this looks much better than it's been like diminishing each time. Uh, and it's like, oh well, I guess this does. I guess the PS4 does technically look better than the PS3, but not in a way that is meaningfully significant to me. Or, yeah, because like, I mean, like playing Mario from like the original game to like I don't know, even like whatever, like any of like the future like Mario games for like later consoles, like you can notice a difference there. But like, I mean, you, if you showed me Final Fantasy 15, you showed me Final Fantasy 16. I'm not going to know a whole lot of difference between the two games, despite being on different consoles and like right. completely different generations of like where our graphics have gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a lot of it is, you know, art direction, art direction. Uh, and you're shooting for what if, if you want realism, you can just record people. We've done that already. We have FMV exists. We can just go back to FMV games just make a 3d version of it that's that's the next innovation honestly how do we make a 3d version of an effort import a 3d person like slap a 3d has someone done that i mean there's like rudimentary yeah. I, I i don't, don't want to say rudimentary like i think they've worked you're talking about like motion capture stuff right, right. like well, where they like well now i'm wondering like uh fmv style uh like you know just rec you know our sprites are recordings of people uh, but I'm like, wait, could, I wonder if you could take those recordings and like slap them on a skin of a, of a, like a, like a rig. And then you have what is an FMV person. I don't know. I'm just thinking too abstractly now. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think the original Mortal Kombat kind of perfected it by just yeah. slapping a photo on the screen and calling it a day. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just like put, what is, what is realer than humans? Nothing. It's as real as we get. That is true. Uh, I would love to. I w it's a, it's a by, it feels like a bygone era. Uh, but, or a bygone era of like trashy, trashy FMV. Uh, I think we could bring it back. Like, I, I am sure there's like tons of people interested in it, you know? Right. Like, you know? Uh, when, when people kind of like lose, lose steam with, uh, ps1 stuff i'm look. that's what that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for people to bring back trashy fmv 
There is mm-hmm. like uh, uh what's that game I'm thinking of? It's a uh, it was an Xbox Live indie game, I think. <laughs> At one point, it's like a brawler. I don't know. I can't remember the name. Oh, of it. I think I know what you're talking about. But it was all FMV stuff, and it was a uh, uh, FMV brawler. Xbox Live indie. Live indie. That whole. I feel, I feel like there was another one around that era too. That was. Or was, was it a light gun game? This was the one where the guy slid all the time. Slid all the time. Ooh, yes. Yeah, there was... Oh, wait a minute. Hello there. Uh, hmm. I'm looking at... Never mind. This is something else. I'm thinking of something else. But anyway, yeah. There are still people doing, like, FMV stuff. And, like, uh, uh, Narat has FMV capabilities, I believe. Like, easy video playing capabilities, Narat. Like, that new engine. Or relatively new engine. And honestly, I mean, I did FMV stuff in Game Maker. You can You can do it. I'm just waiting for it. Waiting for it to come. Waiting for people to give. Uh, what I'm saying is, I'm waiting for people to give money to it so that we can have uh, studios. I just want the sequel to The Quiet Man. Yes, right, exactly. The Quiet Man was a true, a true marvel of modern art. Uh, I guess it's it's true. It it feels like it's from twenty years ago. In a lot of ways, like uh, like of a bygone era. I guess that's technically also a Square Enix game. Yeah, or Square. Did it? Did they have any hands in this actual production, or did they just publish it? No, it's a. I, I'm pretty sure they just published that. Yeah, but Square Enix. Let, let let me publish weird stuff. Let me. <laughs> let me. Let They're me. They're Yeah. Uh, uh, it has been, if you were given any Square Enix IP to publish or to make a game for, and the Square Enix gave you money, which one do you, which one would you want to make a game for? Like me? You, yes, you. And, and whatever resources they give you. What type of game I would want to make? Or, or what game within Square Enix's catalog? Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm a sucker for the Kingdom Hearts series, but I don't think I would want to. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would totally work on that game, but I don't know. I couldn't really answer you. I guess I had never, I never put much thought about it to this. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll... I like, I, I like, I like, I work in the game industry and yet right. like, <laughs> if you ask me like, oh, what game do you want to work on? I'm like, I don't know. Just throw something at me, I guess. Like, let me just see what's coming at me. Yeah. Now, now I have to ask, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, yeah, uh, what, what are, do you, are there any are there any uh, worlds or Final Fantasy characters that you feel are missing from Kingdom Hearts that you're like feel like are an oversight that you're like ah, I cannot believe you do not have uh, the Black Cauldron in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> is, is the Black Cauldron in Kingdom Hearts? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they. I, I don't even anticipate them doing the Black Cauldron, to be honest. But, hmm. You know, maybe... I know I know they're, like, it's supposed to be mixed with Final Fantasy and Disney, and they've yeah. kind of been doing off the Final Fantasy. But just, like, another Square Enix product or property that would be cool to incorporate would be, like, Dragon Quest. Okay. 
I feel like I could totally just see like Sora hanging out with the hero and just like fighting slimes and stuff. And I just feel like it kind of fits like mentally in my brain. Yes. But I, I kind of f- have brain rot, you know, I have brain rot. So no, this is just like all no, I think about. I think you found actually, if you, if you were to make like, uh, you found like the, the, the midpoint between Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy right there, or Disney, Disney and Final Fantasy, the midpoint is Dragon Quest, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it'd be so cool to see, like, Akira uh, Akira Toriyama's, like, art style, too, in these series. Like, yeah. how it would look. Right. But, you know, honestly, I'm just waiting for Kingdom Hearts 4. So, honestly, if they just do that, that's, like, <laughs> enough for me, I guess. Yeah, that, I've... I Listen, Kingdom Hearts is something that exists in the back of my brain. It's like, what if I... I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts. I was a, I was a kid... When Kingdom Hearts one came out, and I was like downloading QuickTime videos of that weird. Listen, true, 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 true Hearts fans. Well, where, where was it? It was like that that scene on the beach. Where did that even come from? It feels so nebulous and like mysterious. But they were like Kingdom Hearts footage. There's a Keyblades on the beach. Uh, I don't know if people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Very... I don't know. I'm just over here picturing like Dragon Quest crossed over with Don Bluth movies because my yeah. head went there. Anyway, if there there is a there's a very specific video that was like uh post Kingdom Hearts one when like it, it was like on a beach, it was rocky. Anyway, I'll find it. Kingdom Hearts two teaser, first teaser. I'll find that eventually. But Anyway, that's beside the fact. We can't sit around talking about... I feel like I keep talking about Kingdom Hearts on this show. Oh, is this... I assume this isn't your first rodeo then. No, no. I like it. I... There was a time when, because we were bad at video games, that we kept losing to that first fight with Riku on Hollow Bastion. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think we knew that his monologue by heart at a point. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I couldn't do it now. I don't think, or, 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 or I just unlock part of my brain. And I just, it just activates. And I remember how you can't steal Kyrie's heart and all that stuff. But anyway. are you like a kingdom hearts one fan? Like, are you like the OG I fan? Played, we played one and two. And then I, I played a chain of memories. And then there was a time, you know, there's that, there, there's that gap in kingdom hearts where I got older and you put away childish things. Um, or whatever and then you're like ah kingdom hearts that thing i'm not playing kingdom hearts but then i was occasionally think what if i played kingdom hearts it's probably honestly if i ever had to recommend a title 358 slash two days it's like it's like peak like storytelling wise it's like absolute peak like you're gonna just sob ugly yeah it's on the game boy but if you could or not the game boy sorry the ds but if you can get past that point and like like the uh, like what is it like i don't know like 270 or whatever p like graphics oh, I, like I, it's, I, it's, 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 it's it's a good time it's a good time you're talking to someone who just played like eight uh, ps1 FromSoft games as my last eight games that i played yeah i love i have no no particularities i take i i don't need any p's take away all the p's don't need them uh anyway uh, that said, oh, Kingdom Hearts Unlimited has. Uh, what is Kingdom Hearts Unlimited? Is that a fan work? It's fun when I fall into like fan work wikis. Anyway, I'm closing this incognito tab where I'm looking about Kingdom Hearts. 
Uh, I just refuse to learn anything about Kingdom Hearts well, because it's really fun to hear about secondhand with no context. Listen, it's, it's way better that way. So, well, speaking of things that people have been learning about secondhand on the show, often with little context, uh, Yasmin, our time is actually coming to an end, uh, surprisingly. It goes very quickly. Yeah. But before we go, I have to ask you the uh, the eternal... Well, actually, no, there were two Indie Apocalypse questions. Let me get uh, one off the top of my head. And what is, uh, Yasmin, what is your favorite rock? My favorite kind of rock? Yes. A rock music. Okay, uh, rock. Up, up to, no, either one. Up to, up to, uh, dealer's choice, as they say. Look, I'm not a rock expert. I barely passed geology, but I used to, as a kid, throw rocks at the train. So whatever rock I was throwing then, which were probably just little pebbles. You know, that was kind of my gig. <laughs> I, I can't explain what they were. They were just pebbles with listen, lots of dirt on them. Listen, but that was kind of my gig. Yes, I know exactly the type of rock you're talking about because uh, canonically in Indie Apocalypse canon, uh, my favorite type of rock is the kind of rocks you find on train tracks that we used to throw at graffiti underneath train tunnels. So, oh, that is very specifically. I know exactly what you're talking about. You gotta like send me like the name and like the specifications oh. of the oh. kind of rock. So like I know what I was touching, you know. I don't know what it was either. I've never, I've never taken the pilgrimage back to like around my grandparents' house where they had train tracks nearby. Uh, there was a genie. There was a graffiti of a genie, and we would get, we would stand away to see how far you could throw it, and still hit him in the eyes. Ooh. Listen, kids should get on train tracks and throw rocks around more. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, the true I don't think they do that much anymore. No, it's, it's considered what, like vandalism or something like that. But I think it's good fun. It really keeps yeah. your brain going. It's 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 see America right, as they say. It's, <laughs> it's these days or inside <laughs> playing video games all yeah. the time. It's you, kids Look, these days. don't know they could play video games and do it. They're spending too much time on TikTok when they should be picking up rocks and throwing them. Uh, uh, but aside from that, do you have a favorite Toho character? You know, funny enough, you say that I, I like I've known it like all my life about yes. Toho, right? Like, I mean, mostly from the music, right? Um, and I've recently been thinking about getting into the series. Like, finally, it only took like twenty years for me to get into it because I've been watching those videos since I was like five. Yeah, but. I always forget her name. Is it Marisa? Like the witch? Yes, Marisa's the witch. Yeah, I always think her outfit and like design is so cute. Yeah, that... I mean, I'm just like a sucker for like witch characters like her, so. Now that is the the beauty uh what I the the, the similar I when I was I don't think I listened to as much of the music, but that it existed in my periphery as well for so long. And the the charm of it was like I like all these these are all good little designs. Yeah, like, I think that's, like, I mean, what, it's, like, mostly, like, a fan-driven, like, game series, really, right? right like right. unless you really like bullet many... hells. Yeah, like, I, I don't play bullet hells. I'm really bad at them. I could barely beat the Undertale one. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, like, the jazz renditions, like, from Active Needs and stuff, and obviously, like, the classic songs. Yeah. Like, uh, Cerno or Cerno's, like, math class and stuff. Like, absolute internet peak. Yeah, that is for me. Uh, it's uh, that, and that is also like another in my mind. It occupies like a similar place to Kingdom Hearts of this dense, huge thing uh, that 
a lot of people have nothing to know about, and a lot of people know a lot about. Uh, but that all said, uh, Yasmin, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank thank you. you so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, since you have to go, we'll get this up at the top here. Uh, where can people find your stuff if they're looking to find your stuff? Um, you can follow me on follow me on itch. I'll just keep it simple like yeah. that. Uh, it's bago, uh, which is like it means like white tiger in Korea. It's B A E G H O. So Perfect. if you look me up, you can find me, or you can look me up for the game, The Trials of Goodbye too. If you played it, yeah, you can just like search for me there. And then and then follow that all the way around to everything else, you know. Uh, and use 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 that itch as a hub to find you because you know if you're other places, itch will get you there usually, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like my Twitter's up there. You can see my very mild takes over there, which uh, are not none at all. And well, then yeah, that's, that's the way to live life is with the mildest of takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm living off here with like you know, red and green salsa. That's kind of my gig. Yeah, I the the for you tab is a fun thing because I feel like you can click on that and you'll find. The world's largest every day you can find an exciting new drama that you have no idea about, but it feels centuries old. And there's giant revelations. And you're like, I don't know who any of these people are. What's going on? I think life is better that way. The internet's too big of a place now. Yeah. It's too many people. Go outside. Throw a rock at something (laughs) that's not yours. Uh, Well, thank you so much again for having me on. It's a pleasure. No, It was nice to get to know y'all. Yes, yes. Hope, hopefully we have you on another time in the future when you can hang around and we'll have the whole big uh, group party at the end. But until then, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Right. Uh, we'll be back in like three minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, ciao. Hello and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. That was Jackie Vincent with Patience. Uh, we are here with our next guest, who you may know from, there it is, uh, issue 18 of Indiepocalypse with uh, Eternal Escape. is Timothy Petrov. Timothy, how are you doing today? Uh, hi, I'm good. Uh, and I'm seeing Tim will do. I'm seeing Timothy, it's too long name, so... Perfect. Uh, uh, important question. The question from the start, uh, which is, if you can remember, um, uh, 25 months ago, over two years ago, how, how did you find Indiepocalypse? Uh, yeah, I actually remember I was doing my game a month marathon. At this time, I was on my third or fourth game and I wasn't happy with downloads and uh, view numbers so I started looking for different game gems uh, and I wanted some particular game gems about months long with no particular subject so your game James was just perfect for me, so but I believe I submitted maybe two or three games before I was uh, accepted with Eternal Escape. Yeah, yes, yes, oh. I remember. And I think that is even uh, pre uh predates my like uh what's it called? 
forget what they call it. I call it thing. What's that thing I call? It? Oh, the waiting list. Um, which is a kind of like uh, if people like the games, and I say, oh, we'll, we'll put it again for next month. Um, but it is um, my my judging criteria is impossible to. It's cannot describe it. Yeah. And there, there's. I've tried different games. I. I think I once submitted two games in one month, or yeah. something like that. I I definitely remember you submitting Lone Red Dot. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe it was uh, first game I was submitted, then I just submitted more all the games. Yeah. But maybe that Lone Red Dot Red Dot was the first game I submitted. because uh, that... nobody playing it, <laughs> uh, and I just want to. Over to the world yeah that's that that's part of why uh i do i make this and why there's like the trickiness of like how do you get your stuff out there um how do you especially if you're making something that sometimes when things are abstract but not in a way that is like easily viewable it's kind of it can be hard for it to land so I think it's it's good to have like a, a space that people can, you know, submit games to and have uh, not have to worry about themes or uh, judge. How do you sorry. So, sorry, just a question. Yes. That popped in my head. How do you, when you are organizing an issue, how do you decide what goes in and what doesn't go in? Uh, usually, um, I'm looking for kind of like at some of its, it's at its peak, sort of, I say kind of its peak, but I prefer it to go more abstract, um, less traditionally, uh, video game like, um, and then it's just stuff that I like. (laughs) And then I've picked 10 things I like, but 10 things that are like, or nine things rather, sorry, because one is commissioned. But nine things that are usually somewhat different than each other. I try not to have two, you know, I wouldn't want to have like 18 or like nine platformers or whatever in a row. But you play all the games. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I mean, I do a lot, I enjoy a lot of other art outside of games. Almost, you know, I spend sometimes more time with art outside of games and I'm looking for like a, I don't know how to describe something different. I'm looking, or or it's something, things that grab me. Like nothing, I was kind of alluded to it when I was talking to Yasmin. There's nothing more less interesting than something that doesn't feel uh, like it's from somebody and like feels just kind of like somebody is making what they think a good video game looks like. If that makes sense. Yes, Aftership is important. Yeah. It's very lucky in modern movies and modern books and modern games, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, there's that sense of, right, uh, that there is like an author that exists here and it's not a, not a product, it's not content. Uh, but speaking of things that are neither products or content, uh, tell me a little bit about Eternal Escape. Uh, yeah, I was ready for this question, but um, it's somehow hard, hard to answer because uh, I remember when I was submitting this game to 
uh, each data IO. Uh, uh, um, there is some uh, pretty limited uh, variations you can put in gender, uh, visual novel or interactive fiction, something like that. Yeah. I keep changing it. Uh, and now I think about Eternal Escape as uh, some pretty short, uh, maybe interaction comic panel or something like that. Yeah. Uh, with some maybe architective um, mythological uh, story with some maybe myths, uh, legends, something like that. Right, because there, there isn't, you touched on like, I think uh, we have an issue sometimes with language around games where it's too, uh, too focused on how you play the game. Um, like, in terms of like it's too much the leading genre of you know well i mean taking your game is what like it's not a platformer but it's like it's like a 2d movement game you know it's yeah i specifically i suppose uh, not all my games had jump right i don't know because i don't edit um why i don't edit Maybe because it's too common, I suppose. I don't want yeah. to make another platformer. I make some uh, narrative experience. So I just... Mm, some people said that uh, they want more gameplay in, in my games. But I think uh, it's better mm -hmm. without jump because, uh, uh, for example, in Night in the Woods, I. Uh, always uh, started to jump right immediately and just jump through all the scenes, all the around characters while speaking with him. So it's not very um, cinematic, I suppose, not that uh, immersive. Right, right. And there's there's all these different sorts of like um, games themselves are not uh, normal and. They're, they're like the like they or more they don't need to be so strict in how we approach them. I think uh, there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of room for determining like how you interact with the game and like you know should a game be you know whether or not a game has to have a a, a challenge element to it at all you know or. Uh, a, a dexterity challenge, rather, I should say. Yeah, maybe, but uh, I think that people just maybe still want it. Right. Still want some challenge, and uh, uh, no, well, maybe when game is free, it's uh, easier. But when people play, uh, pay for the games, they just want some gameplay, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, something uh, to do not just read for example well, well escape uh, discalism i suppose yeah which is uh uh games i feel like it, it's thought of less often of games being challenging in the way that you know literature and movies can be challenging where it's like it's not necessarily difficult to watch a movie um but the, when they when you think of a challenging film, you're talking about, uh, you know, confronting and rec thinking about the the ideas in the film. And, challenging themes. Right, right. What what are the themes and what is what is it trying to convey to you as a viewer? Yeah, 
and that's where sort of the the challenge yeah maybe but you know that you can sit and watch a movie right. and you post your experience from watching a movie but when you play in a game uh, you can say i played the game uh, you need to say i um, i jumped uh, or i killed some enemies or right. i solved some puzzles not just play game it's something that uh, you beat uh, games are usually beat games. Uh, I usually am not telling someone that, hey, I beat a new book the other day. Maybe we should, though. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Make me feel better about reading. Just yeah. to say I beat up something. I, I went, you know, going on, going on how long to read, how long to beat to check out <laughs> War and Peace. Some infinite uh, joke or yeah. something like that. Right. Infinite jest, I something like that. Yeah, it's it's a strange uh, approach to it, but uh, so I, I I know that I've noticed that you I mean doing uh you know try to approximately go with like one game a month for a while, and what what is the process behind uh, doing that sort of one game a month? Yeah, it was uh, a marathon that uh, was during 2021, I suppose. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, and I just wanted to make some games. I really wanted to do this for a long time, but I don't know how to start it. So I, so I just found some um, uh, game design topics by Douglas Wilson. And I just uh, making one game at a, mo a month for for a year, I suppose, just to finish things, uh, the hardest things to finish to finish games. Yes. So I wanted to um, start finish something. Just uh, don't think about uh, maybe some deep meaning or something like that. Just make a game and uh, show it to the world. Yeah, and I think that in in a way that helps you, or you know, if we say not thinking about it helps you, but you know, it gets you out of your head and it keeps you from thinking too long about it, uh, and basically, you know, and then never making it actually. Yeah, maybe, but with some with this uh, tight time schedule, you just sometimes uh, feel that you. Uh, use the first ideas that come to your head uh, yeah. not uh, maybe um, think enough about ideas because you just don't have time or uh, developed uh, visuals for example enough because you just don't have enough times for this so it's um, useful but um, very stressful and uh, very tedious at the end I suppose uh, sometimes I just finished uh, not in one month, but maybe month and a half, and I'm already uh, have to do another game. But I don't didn't finish uh, more earlier games, so it's very very stressful. Yes, no, <laughs> as someone who similarly you know has been doing a monthly project for two for very long, I just like I get. 
like it's like ah it's it's out i get a a day of downtime and it's like oh i have to start again i have to keep doing this <laughs> um, uh but there's 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 a benefit to i think to that getting that kind of self discipline of like oh yeah i I, I can do this. I can commit to because it's no one is forcing you to do it except for your, yourself. And I think there's a benefit to even just knowing that you can do that at any time that you have that like ability to uh, slow down or speed. What's the word I'm looking for to uh, uh, scale, scale a project comfortably. Yeah, maybe, but uh, sometimes projects project just don't scale. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And sometimes you just have something very big and you're like... And sometimes you start small and you think, I will, well, I will increase this game later, uh, add some content and some other stuff, but... Uh, figured out that uh, your idea was not so good for a big project that maybe uh, five minutes it's stop for this game for this right. idea yeah because you can have a, like something that you know is a very strong five minutes but would be a very exhausting five hours yeah, and sometimes uh, i just understand uh, it's good games for each, but uh, I suppose that I can't uh, load this to Steam and uh, and offer to buy people to buy it. Because yes, yeah, right. That's a... nobody, nobody buy a five-minute uh, game with such graphic and uh, without some explicit explanation what about what yeah. this game is about. Yeah, that's Steam being like the place you can make money from games is such like a huge hurdle because and it's such a limiting factor in terms of what kind of game you can make because there's only people will pay and then not refund of kind of a much narrower a selection of games and what are what can be made, you know. Well, there's always a dilemma between art games and uh, sale games or something yeah. like that, or money games. And uh, if you want to uh, make a living of games, you know, you discussed art before, and uh, like this, uh, some people manage to make profitable games with deep meaning, like Lucas Pope, I suppose, something like that. Yeah. So, it's definitely possible, but it's very hard, yeah. Right, right. And it feels like there's uh, a broader public attention from one or two of those a year. Like, it's the, that doesn't seem like there's the, the this hugely strong appetite uh, all the time. But, but that all said, uh, we're actually uh, getting close to the end of our segment here. So. I have uh, two uh, crucially important questions for you. Um, two old standards. I don't know what Toho is, so I, I just think it's one question, isn't it? Yes, then it is just one. It is indeed just one question. <laughs> uh, I just 
I listened, uh, have listened to your yeah. all your podcast for, for prepare. That is and that's... I heard this question and I have to Google what is Toho Chuck this is <laughs> and I never heard of them before so I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's that's why the uh, the question is do you not what is? Uh because I do not is a a valid answer. Then I strongly do not. Yes. Uh, what about rocks? Do you have a favorite one of those? Uh, yeah, I just googled uh, some kind of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, maybe obsidian is my uh, favorite rock. I okay. don't know. It looks pretty. It's black and it's sparkly and it's just pretty, I suppose. Perfect. Smooth, smooth It is a fine rock, more uh, concrete in answer than Yasmin and I's abstract conceptual rocks. Um, but yes, uh, Timothy, thank you for being here on the show and uh, you know making the game. Thank you for the whole thing. Um, thank you for you for inviting. Uh, uh, will you be able to stick around? Uh, we have two more guests coming. Yeah, okay. sure. I don't know how that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. If you need to leave, let me know, and I'll, I'll, we'll plug, we'll uh, promote your stuff. But until then, um, I'll see everyone on the other side of one minute and fifty-one seconds. Uh, goodbye for now. Hello and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. Uh, that was Exotica with the hand that feeds. I was looking at last time I played some Exotica. I was like B two A two, and then I like a chump realized, oh, that's the A side and B side. Um, oh, so the so the time the reason it was such a specific amount of time is because it was a song. I didn't yes. even realize. Yes, <laughs> that makes so uh, much more sense. Yes, yes, that is a secret. Uh, <laughs> That is that voice you hear of the next guest, and I'm explaining to him that Indie Apocalypse is one part interview radio show, one part pirate radio show, in which I make people listen to music that I like. Uh, as like, hey, what's this guy trudging through on Bandcamp? What's he downloading? What is this <laughs> Chilean punk music? Yeah, let's listen to that. And the answer is. Yeah, dude, what if we just listen to Chilean punk music all day? Is that what I would find at IndiePocalypse.com slash tapes? No, that's where you would find physical copies of IndiePocalypse. Oh. That's cool. where the physical editions come in. Those things that are sitting close to my desk. I could roll over and grab one right now, but it would be pointless because no one can see. There's no video, yeah. <laughs> no video. But, I mean, that... Uh, Cool. That thing there is a real version of it. Uh, so is it like a USB stick inside a cassette tape? Yes. If, you pay, if you pay attention, nice. you see that little like blue sliver when it yeah, spins around? Yeah, get a little peek at it. Yeah, and if you're uh, deep lore, if you're paying attention, you can see my finger is up in the top corner. <laughs> Ooh, fun Easter egg. Yeah, because that's just, that is me spinning a tape and then recording it on my phone. <laughs> But this guest who I I've been chatting to for a while, yet to introduce, um, you may know from issue 20 of Indiepocalypse with, and other stories, is uh, John Lee Erg. Hello. Yes. Hello. How are you uh, doing today? 
pretty good. Thank you for having me. Ah, uh, perfect. Been entertaining glad so far. Glad to have Sitting you here. Guests. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this show is entertaining to people. Maybe I think I don't know. Entertaining to me so far. Yeah. That's what I hope it's entertaining to the the three to four people who are involved in it every week. <laughs> Very if least. other people also listen to it after the fact, good for them. <laughs> but I All do. Right. I do too many things that I where I have to worry about if like people pay attention to them. <laughs> this i like as like a space where i don't have to worry about if like i never check how many listeners it has you know it doesn't i don't run ads i've been doing this for over two years uh, i don't think i would have that level of self-control yeah i i have never received a payout from twitch.tv so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense uh i don't I, think it pays out very well no and, I, and no one subscribes to it nor should they subscribe to someone who streams <laughs> once a week for t for two to three hours i don't know that sounds much healthier yeah. than some of the twitch things of like we're gonna stream every day yes. for sure. like six hours yeah i, I guess if they were to if someone wanted to subscribe they wouldn't they should instead do the the patreon or the, yes. the coffee or something yeah i would yeah the coffee i put there just because i think i put that there originally because it was like all this music i play i buy the all these albums i'm not nice i'm not a that's student. actually a, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's primarily also how i listen to music is like buying albums on Bandcamp. yeah and then i also have free spotify with really annoying ads yes i i I, I pay for it because I take it on the road with me and I hate ads. I yeah. hate ads. I'd never want to hear another ad in my life. <laughs> I was, I got into a new podcast in some of the early, there was a time period where there, I couldn't, there was ads even though I was paying for it and it sucked. Oh, I had that's to where streaming services are going. Like, like movie and TV streaming services yeah. seem to all be adding ads back in because I guess they're running out of, investor money or whatever i hate it i hate it if i there there is there are some podcasts that i listen to i've listened to that they just let me purchase a collection of episodes i'm like this is actually how i want to listen to podcasts yeah that's ideal i just want to buy a chunk of episodes once and then that's it but i find ads sort of interesting but i just feel like they're integrated so poorly all the time oh they, yes that's why they get annoying there's... Well, yeah, an ad is annoying the second and third and infinite other times you hear it. The first time, it's like, ah, oh, this is new audio entering my brain. Yeah. But it's or the strategy it's like... of, like, saturation of you will get the same ad every three songs on Spotify. Like, yeah. That's when it drives you insane. Or when it's, like, spliced in to, like, a movie or TV show. Just oh, yes. Mid-sense <laughs> or whatever. Ooh. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, the 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 perfect. We were watching. What were we watching? We were watching some like Tubi, and it's like Tubi is clearly not uh, paying attention to where they slice ads in. They're not meaningfully placed. But speaking speaking of things with ads, Indie Apocalypse. Uh, how did you hear about it from a from oh. a, from an ad on your local post? <laughs> I saw a plane going by with a yeah. banner behind it. Uh, um, I think. I think I just saw it on itch.io's like front page. They always have really nice like cover art, so yeah. I think I was attracted to the, the cool poster art. I saw it and I was like, and "This was like a while before I submitted mine. I don't remember what issues it would have been. Probably some of the earlier ones." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And like it, 
I don't, I don't think I actually bought any, but I looked at them and I was like, wow, these are like, you know, normally I expect a game bundle to be like a, like a humble bundle kind of thing where it's like two games that are really popular and then some random other stuff they throw in. Yeah. But then these were always, you know, all pretty like out there. Yeah, that's like games. that's definitely like my goal. Uh, I kind of stated previously in the last time is I want mm-hmm. it to be kind of like the fringes of yeah. game development. No, it definitely fits that that design zine uh, stylings. You know, it feels like a, a thing you could have picked up somewhere at some weird flea market. Yeah, I, I'm going to something like that tomorrow. <laughs> awesome! Are you gonna sell the tapes? Yeah, yeah. There, people. Perfect. Um, they think they're really cool, but then sometimes they tell me, "Sorry, I'm not a gamer." But <laughs> I think you don't really have to be a gamer to play a lot yeah. of games. Uh, That's why I try to tell them. <laughs> I go, yeah. "No, no, no." But it's hard for people to get it. Yeah, I'm like, no way. If they've never played like a weird itch game, they'll kind of assume. Right. You know, people have their preconceived notions of like what a video game is, and it's usually like Tetris and Grand Theft Auto or whatever. Yeah, or it's just like, oh, look at this. I'm looking. I'm looking at the front page of Itch, and I'm like, two indie apocalypse games right there. Uh, in the fresh yeah. game section. Yeah, I'm currently just absentmindedly scrolling through issue 41, looking at the little gifs. Yeah, there. I think that's probably why I said Tetris. There's Romino's adventure where it's like someone picking up and moving Tetris pieces. Yeah, it, that's a cool little like it's. It looks good. It's yeah, it's like a it's a platformer, like a mm-hmm. puzzle platformer sort of thing. It doesn't did I does it show in this gif? It does. I don't think it does, but you can like part of the game is also can you clear lines so. Um, part of it is using like hanging on ledges and getting a second jump using that stuff like that. Cool. Like you could theoretically take that L block and jump onto that ledge and then kind of use that to jump. Mm. Uh, but speaking of how games play, <laughs> tell me about and other stories. Okay. So, and other stories is the game that I put in maybe box up this year 20. I made it, uh, when did when was this? Uh, last updated twenty twenty one. Although I, that was maybe not when I initially made it. So I think yeah. I made updates to it. Um, it's a game. It's basically four Bitsy games. People know Bitsy, which is just like a, a little browser engine for making tiny pixely walk around and talk to people games. Um, so it's four of those going on at the same time, and you control all four of the the games at the same time, and they play simultaneously and then around it there's like this frame that animates and reacts to the things happening in the four stories um and then there's also a lot of like motifs and visual and narrative connections between the four stories and the four stories are sort of just like autobiographical-ish stories from my life yeah um and you just kind of walk around and it's pretty impossible to actually play all four of them at the same time so it does this weird i don't know the thing i like about this game is how how weird it feels to pay attention to it's like you can't really hold it all in your brain at the same time no if you try to if you try to move them all and like look at all four of the characters you can't really read all the dialogue right right you you can't really read four things at once (laughs) and to me that's kind of i don't know i like that as a thing for autobiographical stories because that's kind of what like remembering things feels like and that's sort of a bit of this game and yeah no that is a like and you say, you know, you could say browser, uh, it's uh, Bitsy uh, is a simple browser engine, but there's, I mean, people do a lot of stuff within Bitsy still too. Oh, yeah. like, and, you know, there's like 8 billion Bitsy hacks. Uh, it's true. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's at least some included in this. And I mean, obviously there's also someone that's made like a 
like a thing to run Bitsy in Unity, which is what I used to do frame. Yeah, and there, there's so much, and I think that's why I like uh, I like hitting a lot of different like weird engines, you know, because mm-hmm. there there's there so many things like that, like you know, engine dependency is. Uh, uh, people get hung up on engines, I think, too much. And uh, what is like a good quote-unquote engine? But there's, you know, yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting because like engines definitely determine things about how your right. game ends up being, how it feels, looks. Um, but yeah, also you can kind of do anything with any engine to some degree if if you if you push it hard enough. People have done really elaborate things in Bitsy. Um, but it's like a nice, it's a nice, easy starting off point. And like, even if you theoretically can change whatever you want from the starting point, you're going to end up with like, like traces and artifacts of this is the engine I used to make this because, and so things look this way, you know, every, all the animations are two frames in all my games that like, I made a bunch of bits of games. Um, I sort of started doing them cause they're just like, the the scale of it, the scale that it seems to want you to do the scale of the games that I made in Bitsy was like easy to finish. Yeah. And that was good for me i think um but like now when i make other like just game jam games in unity or godot or whatever i often still only do two frame animations if i can help it because i'm just so used to doing two frame animations because of bitsy so that's right. the default on that kind bitsy, of... you only get two frames and like i don't know i feel like i've gotten pretty good at just doing conveying what i want with two frames per, yeah, per animation yeah. state you can do two frames is you know can listen it can be all you need sometimes right mm-hmm. two Two strong frames uh, will will get you pretty far. Yeah, because you know uh, that's 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 the core of animation. You know, <laughs> uh, strong keyframes. Yep. So it's you know, and how listen? How many frames does Mario have? To be honest, right? What's the how many frames oh, that guy got? I mean, depends on depends on the iteration of the guy. The yeah. old one, I think, probably like four or so, maybe four to six for the rocks walk cycle. That's just a complete guess without me looking it up. Yeah, and I, I, listen, I'm forget. I don't do research here. Definitely. I'm not going to look it yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just never find out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think a lot of people, I've like heard it stated before that like to get like a convincing walk cycle, you kind of want like yeah, like four to six or something because like. Yeah. Get the like the one the leg in front passing by and being in front and behind and then the, the like behind going in front and behind. Yeah, that is traditionally but, I think I've I've squir- I've squeezed by with three before, you know? Yeah, you kinda have like a middle one with legs are overlapping and it's ambiguous. The nice thing about Bitsy's resolution too is like it's it's so much it's like I guess it's impressionist or something to do pixel art this small, like yeah. context really helps turn, you know weird blob of eight by eight pixels into like a bush or a human or whatever. Yeah. And you know, uh, that's the, the abstractness, like, you know, a lot of art is, you know, there, there are <laughs> impressionism. There's a, there's word for it. There's words for it mm-hmm. that have been around for a very long time, uh, of non-literal art. And I think just because of the nature of, them being video based and interactive games tend to be more uh, literal than other mediums in some regards. Because yeah, that's true. I think it comes back to sort of what you were talking about with the previous guest of like, like difficulty in games of like, you know, people have to be able to comprehend things to interact with them, I guess, or at right. least they want to be able to 
comprehend things that interact with them. And then if they don't like comprehend the second level of just like uh, who knows like uh, yeah like how how do you navigate someone through a complicated story that is like that is not just walking you know right it's the the tricky thing of of merging complex ideas and gameplay with complex ideas of narrative or thematics yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It does kind of feel like there's there's two different meanings to the word accessibility. Yeah. And games, you know, we're still dealing with the with the like physical kind. Right. Like, can I? Can but, like I feel... people don't talk about. Like, I feel like there's not very much games writing on like this game requires this context to like interpret. You know, I guess yeah. there is game writing about that, but right, mostly, right, but... mostly people are still talking about like I this button input is too hard. You know, not right. like. The ramifications feel. of the, the things you do in this are too hard to, you know, you need to have played these seven games from the 80s to understand. Did yeah. you see that thing, that thing that someone is doing where they're like, it's like a port of an old game, but it's all, it's like a documentary about that game also. And that's, that's the port no. you know I'm talking about. I, I, I don't, but that. it sounds interesting. It's really it's, cool. Uh, what is that? It's, isn't that like the, the Prince of Persia guy? I think, yes, it's like one of the early games from that guy, I think, that they're sort of reporting, and it's going to have all this info and extra things, demos and stuff. And it's a really cool, like, games preservation exercise, and I don't know what it's called or how to find it. <laughs> or a take Yeah. Karatika? Karatika? Is that how it said? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, believe, I, believe I did it again. Karatika. Right. <laughs> or probably Karateka, if I'm being... Ka- no! Karateka? Yeah, I think <laughs> no. you were right, actually. I don't but, know, because when you just said it, that sounded familiar. Well, Karateka is the way... The, you kind of like the way the Americans say karate, when it's, you know, karate, in the in the proper pronunciation of it, but you sound like a douche when you say that. <laughs> and you're like, you're an American, just say karate. Uh but that is, I remember seeing uh, his, oh. like, that old footage of, I, I probably talked about it on the show, too. You can find old footage of, like, Jordan Mechner's, I think, his brother jumping, and that is, like, the Prince of Persia. His brother Oh, jumping. that's so cool. He's like, it's like we're, we're talking about mocap. Like, yeah. people were putting people in games already. Yeah. Like, his, rotoscoping. Right. He was, like, him just, like, rotoscoping his brother jumping in, like, a parking lot. And that is, like, you like, oh, you look at it, like, oh, that is the Prince of Persia. <laughs> it's right there. It's him. <laughs> Funny how some things, like, there's, like, technology that gets harder to do as other technology gets better. Like, yeah. like mirrors in games or, like, or like high-fidelity games aren't a thing anymore. But they were in, like, the early 2000s because... It wasn't as much of as it wasn't as taxing to just like reflect everything, but now it's like, oh, if you want to do that, that's gonna be expensive. You right, need like a small room if you want to have a mirror, or or even just like making a new, uh, what's it called? Or it's like I can just duplicate the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now it's like, oh, well, that's double the 4K textures that you're gonna have yeah. loaded at the same time now, so we can't do that. Can't afford to have twice the room. Huh. Yeah, it's just stuff like that, and so like you know. Like Rotoscope or Mocap is kind of like that too, or just like art stuff. It's a lot of stuff that at a lower resolution you can get away with that you can't, like less frames. Yeah. That you can't at a higher resolution. Yeah, right. It's it's this tricky thing of 
you're kind of backing yourself into a like technological corner, which is why I'm wondering why, you know, you could just uh, dial it back, you know, just let's just yeah. go back. Let's go back. A I little mean, bit. Really it's, it's all style. The idea of framing it like graphics is like a, a linear progression. doesn't right. really make much sense. Yeah. It's ultimate. It's all fake anyway. It's not like you're simulating the world to make this Apple look photo real. Like I th- it's just another art style. Speaking of mirrors, like, uh, that Silent Hill 2 remake was like a perfect example of like style over like um like the like the 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 you know the iconic James looking into a mirror looks so much better in this PS2 version and it just kind of looks so flat and nothing in uh this remake <laughs> I'm looking this up. I immediately get. I assume the mirror shot. Although it, I don't know, like it's this gameplay. It looks really weird. Yeah, like there is something uncanny about the mirror in like the first one. Where maybe it's because of like the difficulty or some of the problem of them. Just like maybe they are just creating two rooms, and it kind of looks like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, but that kind of gives you maybe the feeling that you get when you're like looking at a mirror in real life, and you have like the Alice in Wonderland thought of, "Wow, it's like another room on the other side of the mirror, like what's around the corner yeah. in the mirror room." And it, I and guess it Alice the Wonderland thought, since that's sort of how that starts. Right, and it looks it looks super cool. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like a great looking shot. So uh, emulating the feeling versus emulating the the physical lighting right. effect or whatever. So instead, they just kind of make a guy. It just looks like a guy's looking in a mirror, and this very creepy shot of looks like another guy is looking back at him. Yeah, it's. I feel like that comes into play a lot with lighting, and that like a lot of a lot of lighting now is technically more realistic, but it was sort of more dramatic. Right. Yeah. Less realistic. So. Yeah, for sure. And it's also, you know, always there's always the element of like imagination from the player too to like make a scene believable. And sometimes when you do more of that believability for them, you know, you get less invested in the concepts that you're looking at. I guess, like, yeah. because okay. I've definitely been like, uh, what's it called? I've been playing. I, I I've mentioned on the show. I've been playing all of like the. I've been chronologically traveling through the FromSoft catalog. Hey, so what have you played from that? I'm assuming a bunch of Kingsfields. Uh, I, I, I missed the first Kingsfield because I got duped like the dumb American I am. And I was like, Kingsfield <laughs> 1. <laughs> Classic. Uh, and so I, I missed Kingsfield 1. But otherwise, um, I'm, up, I'm pl- currently playing Evergrace. So I'm into the PS2 <laughs> era. And... Ooh. But you have it a is. name for this thing you're putting yourself through. Uh, a great time. <laughs> okay. I'm loving it. Oh my them. god, this looks so wild. There's yeah, so many games. I've re- so I've played all the Dark Soulses and yeah. Sekiro and Elden Ring, but I haven't gone back at all to their back catalog. Yeah. Like, I, so I would have never thought they would make a game that looks like this. This is so like vibrant. Which one? <laughs> Evergrace? Uh, Evergrace, yeah. yeah. I just I remember Lost Kingdoms for some reason. That's that, like a GameCube one, I think. Is that ever? Is that one Evergrace Two? Is that one Lost Kingdoms? It is has, it? Evergrace Two has a different name in the U.S. Um, no, it definitely no. looks similar. They were in their their anime era. Yeah, 
No, no, because there is a Lost Kingdoms too as well. So no, what, what, oh, Forever huh. Kingdom. A Lost Kingdoms is like cards. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating. Oh, Activision published <laughs> Lost Kingdoms. Wow, and they came all the way back for Sekiro. Yeah, but no, I had a similar Lost well, Kingdoms and Call of Duty. Yeah, right, right. I want this dragon. I want to call down a dragon when I get my kill streak. Oh. It's a, a card-based game where characters or battles are fought in real time, like chains of memory, like chain of memories. Hey, bringing it back around to Kingdom Hearts again. Uh, Life all this is probably such a hard conversation to follow if you're not googling along with us. No, but I mean, this is kind of, <laughs> this is also how my brain works in general. So even if That's I wasn't fair. googling, my brain kind of like. Uh, I'll be thinking about something, and then even while I'm talking to someone and paying attention, my brain will also be like ping ponging through all these different things, and I'll and then I'll talk to you like five steps ahead of where we were talking because uh, while we were talking, my brain's like, oh yeah, making these leaps and stops at these different stations, and you're like, how do we get there? I'm like, well, if you were having this conversation in your brain, like I was while I was having this conversation with you, anyway. Uh, the point was, uh, they look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look great. Uh, a lot of those games, look, style. A lot of those games look great still. And I think, I think a better use of like, you know, new graphics technology is just like, you know, you don't have to use that towards realism. You can use that towards like surrealism or, or just like, yeah, making a more expensive but stylized art style, expensive in terms of like processing. Yeah, or just like making just or like having more objects. I don't know. Zero <laughs> load times. One game with a billion objects on screen now, and you couldn't do that on a PS One, and that's you know that has opportunities for different looking games. Oh my god! Like imagine like a really dense, densely you know vegetated PS One game. Like that's a thing that we can make now that we probably couldn't have made. Right. On right. PS One. There, there are so many. So that there's kind of stuff is interesting. There, there's all this space to just kind of do all sorts of stuff. I'm fucking getting real pissed off at this. <laughs> 14 most terrible PlayStation launch titles from fucking gaming. Street Fighter the movie. Disrespect to Street Fighter the movie. Street Fighter the movie kicks ass. Street Fighter ass. the movie the game? Yeah, that game kicks ass. Is it just like a Street Fighter game? Uh, no. It? Yes and no. <laughs> Isn't that like is that an F, is that the FMV? It one? is the FMV one. Oh, okay. but does it play like a fighting game? It plays. Uh, okay, so there is a version that basically plays like Street Fighter. I think. I think it's like the Saturn one. It was an arcade one. Uh, I forget what it is. There. I, anyway, this this seems. Oh yeah, like, there's the movie arcade and the movie console and the interactive movie. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's. I think if there's like if there's five times five translations at some point you got to like a weird FMV game that plays like Street Fighter if I remember correctly. Yeah, Street Fighter the movie for the consoles looks like Street Fighter but with the live action guys doing yes. the poses. Yeah, it's it's That's weird. so interesting. They I, should make a movie out of Street Fighter the game or the movie the game. I do I love fighting games also though, so Yeah. What fighting games do you play right now? Uh, I'm not playing any now because I love playing them with friends. Fair. But I'm okay, yeah. So you're not someone who's getting, you know, the new Street Fighter and playing no. it online or anything. No, but I did it, I am like living my best life uh, as someone who like tracked down a copy of like the quote finding the quote quote what is the best version of guilty gear xx or is it guilty gear xx core or whatever 
I have no idea. Uh, and someone who imported Melty Blood, I'm living because those are. I'm like, yeah, finally. People so you are... got you got the the real Melty Blood. Uh, I'm like I primar primarily play Project M, the yeah. the, the brawl mods, Smash Bros thing. I think I I think I I think I imported was it Akadenza? Did I I think I may have imported Akadenza. Uh anyway. So I only I only have uh, adjacent knowledge of fighting games for the most part. I've played played some Street Fighter and stuff. Yeah. But that's about uh, it. I can't do it. I, just, I can't remember I can't remember button combos. Yeah, I don't know button combos either, but now that I kind of get like the mix ups that the actual gameplay is made out of, I yeah. can just like do those and then mash and attempt to do punishes and that's yeah. at least fun. I don't actually need to remember the button combos. Right, and you just play a bunch of weird trash games with your friends and then nobody yeah. knows how to play. Yeah, no, I'd love to check out a bunch of these like insane, you know, obscure fighting games because got to play some get some Jackie can Jackie Chan money matches going. I people always say that the, there's like a Sailor Moon game that's supposed to be really fun. Uh, like, yeah, that, really I think that's the Super Nintendo one that people talk yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan, Fist of Fury, Fist of Fire, Fist of Fury. It's so interesting because, like, like a fighting game or like a kind of competitively oriented multiplayer game in general, if if they don't get the population to keep playing them and keep improving their meta, they just sort of sit as these like wells of unknown gameplay right. that nobody's <laughs> ever figured out. Like, uh, is, is it is it is C? I can't remember if it's CEO or Frosty Faustings. Uh, that has a mystery tournament. Yeah, that seems really cool. And I love the there. There was one with construction vehicles. Anyway, fighting <laughs> games. They're great. I love them. They're yeah. I a love art, I love art games, but I also love fighting games. Uh, fighting games can be art games. Yeah, the there's nothing more artistic than you and a combatant in single combat. I'm death. a big fan. I'm a big fan of the idea that like game making a game is like a collaboration between the person making making the game and yeah. the person playing the game because like what they play is the game that they play and they have a lot of agency over what that actually means they come with their own rules yeah they can figure out their own strategies and things so like, i feel like fighting games are a pretty good obvious example of that right right card games also very good in terms of that kind of similar uh you're almost yeah. making a game in the game uh <laughs> Like it's it's like in some cases controllers were a big part of this growing up, uh, where we had a one six byte controller for the Genesis, which was Whoa. the King controller, and I played uh, Smash at a friend's house once, but they only had three N sixty four controllers and one uh, racing stick. <laughs> you played Smash sixty four with a racing stick? Yeah, yeah. It's, That's incredible. It's the one that has like the um, it's like a stick but with like a like a t like a wheel that you turn. Uh, huh. it, it was the whole weird. car. I, I could. N sixty four controllers are so weird. I, I've never. I, I like briefly had an N sixty four growing up, but I was kind of too young. I never got used to the weird shape of these. I must have played like GameCube stuff after that. Yeah, they're strange little things. But speaking of uh, strange little things, <laughs> uh, what do you think about um, what do you think about rocks? Do you, what is your favorite type of rock? Um, oh, I've been thinking about this because you already asked the other people. Yes. I think I was going to say, like, quartz. Like, I like quartz a lot. It's very common in um, in Ontario. I went camping recently, and a lot of the rocks up in northern Ontario are, are nice white quartz or pink quartz. 
Okay. Oh my god, that's such a weird fucking controller. Looks yeah. Looks like a TV I, remote. I, imagine controlling Jigglypuff with that. <laughs> and actually, I don't think that's the right one even. But it, it gives well, you the so idea. the analog or like the analog stick is like a wheel that's a different piece. Is okay. that the idea? Okay. No, it is the right one because there's a trigger on the back. Yes, that is the right one. Any fighting games work with the steel battalion controller? <laughs> yeah, I, I I love. Anyway, I wish. What are you gonna do when you get the steel battalion? I've also played Steel Battalion. Uh, if you get a chance to play Steel Battalion, I love it. Okay. Uh, I played it once, and this is a hell of a controller I'm looking at. Are you looking at Steel Battalion? I'm looking at the Steel Battalion controller. Oh, it kicks ass. Um, I mean, if you're if you're in the states, usually at, at um, the Paxes, the pack the two Paxes will have Steel Battalion rooms where they have regular Steel Battalion games. I've all been because I I was really in Armored Core. Yeah. Oh no, I've I'm I'm I am pumped. I think after Evergrace is Armored Core two, and I am pumping my fist, ready to dive in because I played a lot of. Nice. It. We can get into this in a second as we get our final. As we move on to our next. <laughs> yeah, episode, sure. We start we start talking ACs, uh, but. Uh, now, important second important question, John Lee. Uh, do you have a favorite Toho character? I don't really know anything about Toho. I played whatever the one is that's like a Metroidvania, and you throw uh, knives and stop Luna time. Nice. That's I the think. that's the only Toho. Yeah, that's the only Toho game I've ever played. That kicks um, ass. It was, I love that game. The combat's really fun. I was getting really annoyed at like the level design in it. Oh, it's not. It's like not so a, I never actually finished it. It's not a Metroidvania. Uh, Okay. <laughs> I think that's. Maybe important. I was missold on it then. That's the important thing to know about that and. Uh, but I still it, had to backtrack, but it was just not an interesting space to backtrack. Through. Yeah, that's the thing. Lunar Knights yeah. and. Uh, but the combat was amazing. Team Ladybug's other Lodos War game. They're not really Metroidvanias, I don't think, but they're a lot of fun to play. Uh, yeah. The Lodos War. So, game is like super symphony like so that's your favorite character then uh, yeah i was gonna say i didn't know, my favorite character is the time stopping knives uh, time i don't stopping, know what any of the characters are the time stopping knife maid uh sure uh, luna knights i'm forgetting her name uh, uh knife maid that's pretty good yeah it's not knife maid i know it's not knife maid. <laughs> It's, it's something oh, i'm pissed because it's like i'm sure there are more interesting sakuya, characters yeah it is this, sakuya so. Like, I just went to a random picture on the Steam page for that game, yeah. and there's, like, a pig with angel wings and a sword and a shield and a beard. Like, I think that guy's actually my new favorite Toho character. There's a lot of good Tohos, and I think that whole, like, uh, Scarlet Devil Mansion is, like, top shelf of t- what Tohos are. Um, where she's a maid in that mansion. But anyway. Uh, John Lee, thank you for joining me on <laughs> this episode of Indie Hope you can stick around while I find... Here's Fubar. Found you. Hiding. Uh, we're going to go on break for about two minutes and 42 seconds, and then uh, we'll be back with our next and final guest. Uh, goodbye for now. Enjoy. Farewell. Curtis Craig. Ooh. Hello, and welcome back uh, to Indiepocalypse Radio. That was uh, the new pornographers with Streets streets on fire streets on streets of fire i thought it was streets of fire but I'm like streets of fire is a movie isn't it uh and yes it, yes and it got me confused it's for great a movie. i think that's a movie that i am surprised i have not seen 
now our next guest, he, he may have heard doing some chimes earlier throughout the show, but never been introduced. Um, didn't actually uh, do has nothing to do with any apocalypse at all. As increasingly, I have some guests who are not in doing that. Uh, but as a writer, uh, you may have seen on the internet uh, writing about games or uh, other other media, as one is wont to do. Uh, Stephen Scape, Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm here. Perfect. That's a great place to be. Uh, so, um, hmm. Huh. I mean, I I have written about an apocalypse you have. before. Yes. Yeah. I saw once that you had like a, uh, at least twice. Once I think you put in like a year end list uh, or, or, yeah. or alluded to it in a year end list, one of the two. I think I put it on the year end list. And among these other ones you had written something recently about uh i think for unwinnable about uh da, 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 apocryphana yes right which yeah is... okay i did do that you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did do that. i remember because people I, I write a lot of stuff it, 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 right i guess i'll jumble it up in there sometimes right, right that's the life of that's the life of the freelance writer is you just keep writing non-stop <laughs> yeah it's it's life, all right. Right, I did, Hey, I said I, I applied uh, no uh, adjectives to that life. Yeah. <laughs> simply said, it is what it is. What it is. Uh, now, so I guess uh, to modify the question, uh, uh, how did you hear what Indie Podcast was? It me emailing you about it uh, about um, thirty times in a row. It might have been. I I I actually don't remember. I I do remember. That as I was doing a column for indie games, predominantly um, looking for stuff through itch, I would constantly see everything had been submitted to Indiepocalypse. Right, yeah, because it, it, like, coincidentally, nothing I did, uh, but it would get a lot of just like the indie game, like, you know, just a lot of good games come through there. Yeah, just up in the right corner where it says like it's been submitted to a game jam or whatever, and Apocalypse would just keep popping up, and so I I think that's how I became more aware of it, I should say. Right. Um, but yeah, I it sort of became difficult actually to I I think I for a while tried to find games that were not featured in any apocalypse just because <laughs> I didn't want to feel like I was uh, like, he, like open up any apocalypse and being like, okay, here's what I'm going to write about. I felt like I wanted to justify being paid to find things. Yeah. No, I suppose that, that well, listen, that was my dream. That was like, Hey, look, I'm making this little thing that uh, just, I do all your work for you. Then you just write about these games. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's nice. It's nice that there was at least there was at least one person who was conscious of that idea and actually, tr- in a way, in trying to avoid doing that. But yeah, I mean, in in retrospect, I think that was maybe kind of silly of me to do, no. just because I any amount of coverage that a game gets is going to be helpful, even if it's yeah. included in something else. So I I probably should have just gone ahead and done it, but. But I, um, I I do appreciate that whole uh, 
the, the one step further go, no, no, somebody, cause I, I do get myself caught up in that kind of mentality too. Of, uh, like when I, when I do, when I uh, invite games to the zines once a month, when I find time and remember to do that, I specifically try to find people who haven't heard of it, you know? Yeah. And it, it kind of became a self-fulfilling thing just because I would find some developers who would be in any apocalypse and like you, I would sort of just follow them on itch in order to just get stuff recommended to me essentially. And they would be playing stuff in any apocalypse and rating them. So eventually it just became kind of inescapable. I think. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a weird thing to like, um, that it, it, it shows that both like games are kind of like, they're smaller than you think they are, but they're also huge because there's constantly like all these connections that I don't realize between people who have been in different issues. But then also I've done 43 issues, uh, you know, 430 developers with no repeats yet. That was actually the hardest thing I think about doing my column was not to do repeats just because when somebody puts out one thing that is cool and that you like, typically they will with something else as well yeah especially when you when you're in that like that itch indie space where a lot of people are you know they make a lot of games generally it's not like i i like this indie studios game i'll see their next game in five years yeah the i really enjoyed doing the column it was it was very difficult actually because I think I find playing a lot of games hard almost just because I I can feel my brain having to mentally readjust to what the rules for a new one will be. Right. Right. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say within that space, a lot of times people are not like that if you if you're if there's any space where people are like oh no you can make video games wherever you want them to be that is the space yeah it it would be different if i was i think doing like a column about i don't know like platformers or visual novels right. or something then there would be it would be less just readjustment and i i think i kind of came to put it off sometimes just because i knew it would be like Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use my brain. <laughs> yeah, uh, even if you were in like the more like commercial indie space, that's still like familiar, and a lot of those games are still like you understand what their rule sets are going in. Yeah, and then there's the additional thing of when you're putting together a column, you you want to have variety, right? So you're actually trying to find things that are different from one another as well. You're right. You can't be like, okay, I, I want to take a month off and I'm going to do some, I'm just going to do some platformers. I understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's really impressive to me that you don't, you haven't gotten hired yet, I suppose. I'm, I'm a sicko. I love, but also like, um, outside of the weekends, I don't, the thing is I don't really play a lot of like itch game, like indie games that often. Um, outside of what I get for Indie Apocalypse, okay, it's kind of like, um, it, it's like a balancing thing where uh, I'm not exclusively playing like most of the time 
during the week or during my like my downtime during the week i'm like watching a movie or reading something uh and the game the most of the game playing i've been doing you know as i alluded earlier is just playing FromSoft games chronologically <laughs> okay yeah because i i would also have to i stay current with the current yeah. video gaming friends and whatnot so yeah i, I guess that definitely doesn't help no i i have a conv- i have them conveniently delivered to me every month uh but there and but there is a part of my brain where it's like also like i had, I need to be it's hard to sometimes turn off the the indie apocalypse part of my brain you know it's like, oh, if I really like him, oh, I should think about contact this developer. I should think about this and that, or I'm too thinking about that in that lens. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm kind of stuck now. But <laughs> I, monetizing your hobbies is not always the way to go. Maybe no, right? It's like a trap sometimes, and I, I want to play more uh like after i finish my i'm also weird about like my uh i don't put things physical things away that i buy until i have like read or watched them uh, oh so do you have just like a pile somewhere of yeah. your stuff we gotta get to and once i finish my pile and then i was like now i can stream things and maybe i'll play more games and then i'll like because there are like games that are like plenty of games that I have not played. That's like, oh, I really want to play this game. You know, I really want to play. What's it called? Is that called Mushroom Musume? Uh, is something to that effect? Oh, I spelled it wrong. That's why. I really, I've been like, oh, that game looks like it's. Yeah, it is Mushroom Musume. Mushroom Daughter, of course. I'm like, it looks right up my alley, and I'm like, but it's like, it, it's been right up my alley for I don't know a year. <laughs> to you however long it's been around oh actually i think i was gonna look at that one before the it looks cool but uh, before my position was uh eliminated right <laughs> which is the case of a lot of people that that feels like increasingly the uh an expected part of your field yeah unfortunately it's it's not great out there right now i i don't know if it's going to bounce back, honestly, yeah. and even just within, it, it feels weird to call it journalism just because I never really think of myself as a journalist, but like within journalism in general, I suppose it, games have it pretty bad. Yeah. In <laughs> comparison. Uh, a friend and I were talking in part of the idea, uh, or part, we were wondering if part of it is just that like, it does feel like it's hitting all art, like like arts writing right now. Getting hit, it's getting overtaken by like fandom. You know, is becoming yeah, like the prim- I, the primary outlet for a lot of it. Uh, yeah, there's that, and a lot of it is also just corporate right. garbage. Um, Which is like the, some of the places that have gotten shut down will tell you that they were doing well and then the axe kind of just came down out of nowhere for some reason or another right this vertical wasn't performing well enough or 
or they're like, oh, it'll do just fine if we never make anything else more for it or something like that. Or we need to have layoffs because it'll make the shareholders feel better. Yeah, right. We need. Listen, I need a, a little extra bonus. Where am I going to get this money from? Well, we don't need these people writing about video games. Tetris, what uh, are those things? <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because it's just like this is a thing that is increasingly visible in the mainstream and to just not have dedicated coverage of that and sort of just rely on here's this person who does this other job yeah, who also happens to play video games maybe they can write about the new Zelda or whatever that it's pretty grim out there. I suppose not to bring things down no, too much. No, listen. As I, as I have, as I did last year, uh, last week, and I was like, now that I've, uh, now that Games Press has any pockets in the rear view, and I can invite, uh, I, I got very neurotic of like, well, I can't uh, invite games writers on this show because that's cheating. <laughs> that's cheating. Uh, oh, because to, 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 it, it would sort of. To endear them to me outside of the work itself. Uh. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I I feel like that's probably how I would have come at it too. Right, but even though you sort of want to feel like you're succeeding on some whatever merits you've created for yourself. Right, as if uh, other developers aren't doing that constantly. <laughs> yeah, as if there aren't, there's like there's like a what is it? Was it game, game, game industry something group? Uh, it's a meetup thing, and I think that's full of press and developers or whatever. But I, I have to succeed on merit, or <laughs> some arbitrary thing. But the point was, I expect a lot of bleakness uh, as I invite uh, more as I as I widen the umbrella, and people be like, "Oh yeah." Uh, everything's bad yeah right they don't (laughs) they don't pay you any money to write about games they pay you fifty dollars to write a three thousand word essay about zelda also it needs to be done two days ago and all yeah and it's increasingly it's i don't know if this is just because i i've i've also done a lot of film and TV writing. Yeah. Um, just cause I found those a little more supportive, I suppose, but I, I don't know if this is just cause I've been paying more attention to games lately, but it feels like the things that do get reviewed or covered is almost shrinking. Yeah. Right. Cause you need to like, uh, you know, it, it's what does, you know, those, those numbers that those execs love or claim that they love, at least, uh, those don't come from uh, random indie games on itch. Yeah, and even, but even like larger games, like right. I would have, I went through a period of pitching coverage of like the System Shock remake and Jagged Alliance 3, which are not small games. And the websites just ended up not covering those at all. Yeah. Right. Cause especially with like when you, as you add more and more like forever games, you know, 
Yeah. Like, it's like, well, why would we, we have a, why would we need you to write about Jagged Alliance? We have a Final Fantasy 14 editor or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's, I feel like it's getting rougher for indie coverage. Yeah. It's, in that regard. You have to like, you know, you, you're you not going to be the person who's like, well, I'll just do this thing. I mean, you have to kind of, it feels like increasingly you have to just kind of do it as a side gig. Uh, when it's like clearly like, oh, this is not the thing that pays the bills, but I've got to, if someone's doing it, I guess it's how I've got to do it, you know? Yeah, you have to sort of weigh what you think is important and what's going to get you paid. Right, and be like, <laughs> I talk I mentioned this a lot uh, on the show. It's like it's difficult to be like tell someone, "Oh, your work will pay off in ten years," <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, well, what about the food I want to eat now? You know. Yeah, and especially if there's so not a guarantee that it will pay off in ten years. Right, right. That there's that theoretical space where it's like, oh, well, if I if I spend all this time doing this important indie coverage, I'm building this backlog of like this attentive audience is going to go crazy for like my sites, my like very, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Not thorough, my, you know, kind of that, like my exhaustive having like that spending years building up an exhaustive site of indie game coverage. And that is, you know, a valuable resource, but uh, yeah, everything feels temporary, unfortunately. Right. Especially when you're writing for someone else's site because those sites are increasing themselves are increasingly temporary. And, you know, we all, they all, everyone, the end, the end of the road for everyone, it seems to be becoming a variety streamer. Yeah. I, I need to work on my on camera presence, I guess. You gotta see you never, you've not been on Twitch every day playing the new Baldur's gate. No, <laughs> I, I heard the devs are panicking about it. I hear that devs are always panicking about everything. <laughs> they're they're just so nervous about uh, things, you know. The new gold standard of games. Yeah, I Baldur's Gate was actually a thing where, like, I had to sort of just mentally do the math of like, how long is this going to take me to get through, and am I going to be able to write about it? Right versus should i look elsewhere and ultimately i was like i gotta i'm gonna look at these other things yeah that seems so like... i haven't even gotten those yet even though it's like probably shaping up to be like one of the biggest releases of the year but it's like but can it sustain it does it have that i'll get uh, like that elden ring sustain where people keep writing articles or is or like will those fall off after a week or two are people going to be tired of being like oh you can do things with your dick in Baldur's gate well, it's long enough, so right. presumably they'll still be playing it for a while. So maybe that's the secret. Just as long as people are still playing it, they'll want to look up stuff about it. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a weird. I do not. I never begrudge. It. I would. I would rather. I would rather do the madness that I do, uh, 
than ever try ever try my hand at games writing. It seems like a hard profession. Yes, I would. I would say don't do it. No. <laughs> even even the few things that I've done, like, because I've been trying to be like, well, I should write about this more. Uh, these games to kind of help people get introduced to indie apocalypse games because now there's too many of them. And I'm only doing like two a month, <laughs> like too much. Yeah, and there's there's also just this lingering question, I guess, of like how long, how much do this does the video game audience want to read? Right, right. You know, like it feels like, and this is true of other fields as well, but especially for video games, it feels like people want to watch videos of things, and. I think for video games, it's actually more understandable just because of how much more varied things are. And like, it, it almost, it's helpful to actually be able to see yeah, footage of what someone's talking about. Right. And there's definitely like, you want to see like the style that someone plays things in some respects. It's like yeah. a whole other like element to it. Um, I've been trying. I've I find, uh, and also, do you also have to be good at writing it? That's the other hard thing. I was like, oh wait a minute, then I have to be a good writer too. I was like, wait a minute, it's not enough to just put the words on the page. That sucks. Uh, but that's just have a lot of pictures. It'll be fine. Yeah, listicles. I do take a lot of pictures. I do like. It's not photography. I wouldn't call it photography because it's not like uh, intentional kind of like framing. But I've been taking. I take a lot of screenshots as I play through games now. I'm not good at that. I just, I always forget. I I will get sucked into a thing and it's like, I, I no longer remember that I should periodically press a button every once in a while. Right. Well, uh, it helps if you're, uh, if you've legally dumped your games uh, to emulation and you just said like a, he, a very easy, uh, What's the word we're looking for? Hotkey, you know? <laughs> like, click both the sticks. And oh, yeah. And then you get instant screenshot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Even then, like, I'll play games on Steam, and I've got my... I've got a shortcut on, like, the little plus on the number pad. Oh, yeah. Even that's just totally left behind, and... I feel like on the website formerly known as Twitter, I'm much better at talking about stuff that isn't games because I can sort of tweet during them, you yeah. know, and with games, it's sort of like they, they demand your full attention and it's more difficult, I guess. Yeah. Right. It's like a, it's a, a, a weirder thing where, and I've been in general kind of uh, separating myself. Like I've been just by watching things on TV. I'm like I can't screenshot these things anymore. So I have to just I can't do it. Like oh, I guess I just have to watch it. <laughs> um, I see people do that though, and I'm like, what are you? Do you have everything hooked up to your computer? What what's going on here? Right. I don't know. But no, I just I I get by with just crappy cell phone pictures from a distance that right. have my 
dusty table at the bottom of them or whatever. Oh, no, I'm, I'm particular. If I want to make a GIF of something, it's got to be high quality. <laughs> I'm used to in 1080p. Uh, but uh, that all that all said. Oh, no, no. I accidentally hovered over something. It was suggesting I do activities with you. <laughs> oh, no. I got scared by Discord for a moment. Uh, what? There's this little rocket ship. Sorry. Oh, okay, that thing, right. I accidentally hit it. I did bounce over that, or it looked frightening. Yeah, I got something popped up, and it's like, you want to hang out? I was like, no, I don't want I don't want every service to become my life. I just want to post on something and then leave. You don't want to do a putt party? No, no, I want to post and leave. That's my life, is posting and leaving. That's actually, I don't know, kind of unrelated, but whenever I've had to search for jobs, everything just... The amount of nothing accounts I have had to make in the right. process of job hunting is incredible. Yeah, right. Like I had a similar experience last year when I was also looking for jobs, and I was like, so many of them want to like make want you to make an account on their website, and like I think I signed up for like multiple government sites, and like I would at least think the government would have one singular login. Yeah, you would think. But no, every all these different dot govs have their own like each different department has their own different like little login guy and it's, it's a real pain. You I gotta separate you gotta separate the states and then you gotta separate the departments within the states and then Yeah. I don't I don't wanna sign up nightmare. I'm sick of signing up for, I don't wanna sign up for accounts for things anymore unless they're giving me free sandwiches or whatever. Unless it's for Indie Apocalypse. Yes, yes. Unless it is for Indie Apocalypse, which does not give you free sandwiches, unfortunately, on your birthday. If you tell me your birthday, you do not get a free issue of Indie Apocalypse on your birthday. <laughs> I actually, I don't want to know your birthday because I will not wish you one. Um, you could send them. You could email them a little picture of a Burger King crown or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Burger King. Oh, Burger King. I can print it out. I do. That's listen, Andrew's Andrew's hack for you. Uh, this is my my internet hot tip. So many so many fast food places. They all have uh, accounts now, and they'll give you free stuff on your birthday. So if you just tell them different birthdays, you can organize a lot of free meals. Or if you want to have a really special week, you can just give them your real birthday and have a real special birthday week full of free food. If you tell me your real birthday, you get that surprise of like, oh, hey. I get some free. It's... I got a free Buffalo Wild Wings today. I forgot I said August 5th was my birthday. <laughs> when is your birthday? None of your damn business. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, that, that, was, that came off ruder than I wanted it to be. Oh, uh, it's okay. Uh, I, I, I got a little too playful, but uh, no. I, I like I like I like a mystique of privacy when people be, talk about their birthdays and their kids and stuff on shows. I'm like, that's too much. Nobody needs to know anything about me, uh, except I'm from New England. Because I, I mean, I, I guess for me, see, my birthday to get personal for a moment. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll bring, <laughs> this is a safe space to invade my privacy. You get very um, personal here. I'm gonna. Say. Yeah, my my birthday is on Halloween, and so it's almost like. It's not something I think of as like special or my day because it's 
definitely this other thing to everybody else. Yes, so. right. It's kind of like maybe you get a special version of you get like special Halloween birthdays, maybe, but it's kind of its own thing. But speaking of its own thing and Halloween, no. What if there's a study about like the psychological ramifications of having your birthday on a holiday? Yeah, there probably is, and it's probably that you either. I don't know what it is. I, I'm trying to think of like what would be the version. Like maybe you really love her, maybe you worst really possible hate. thing turn into a games writer. Right. It are all ga- are, I look at all the games writers, and it's like I'm at like the second act of a thriller, and I realize that all the games writers have their birthdays on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what the third act of this thriller is. Um, but it's probably not too exciting. You, you, they are all you're like oh they're all freelancers the, the secret is that uh vice and fandom and uh vox media and uh whatever it is they all just have too much money <laughs> and you gotta do something about it but anyway what's your favorite type of rock oh I don't know Rock Hudson. Perfect. Yes, thank you. Acceptable, acceptable answer to the question. Uh, Rock Hudson is he? Is he? A, is he in? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Cordo Maltese, but then he, I obviously no actors are in Cordo Maltese. Uh, is he in the Maltese Falcon? No, think so. He seems like the kind of guy who might be, but maybe I'm just thinking because he's older. Uh, Are you thinking Humphrey Bogart? I am. I'm. Th- okay. I'm, I'm kind of lumping those because I was like lumping those guys in the same kind of space, you know. Oh no, Rock Hudson's a heartthrob. He's like a hot guy. I mean, anybody can be a heartthrob if you commit enough. Yeah, yeah. Remember that, folks. Anyone can be a heartthrob if you commit hard enough. But it's like he's here. He's got a mustache. I don't know about this mustache version. Yeah, we were talking about how, what's his face? Donald Sutherland was like a heartthrob at some point. Yeah, you ever like look at young Christopher Plummer and it's like you're used to seeing him as not a hot young guy. Yeah, but they're like, but they're also like not uh, hot guys in the way that we think of Hollywood hot guys nowadays. Like there was like... I complain about this a lot. It, everybody just looks too 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 much like a, too much like a Chris. Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah, they just I, yeah. I can't put it in words, but they they just look so boring. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's you know, uh, actresses everywhere were cursed when they discovered the haircut. You know, so now. You know how many of the how many actors now all have the haircut, uh, because that's the haircut that people want because it resets easily. I think is the idea behind it. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. There's like a specific kind of like uh, shoulder length wavy haircut that someone's like, why do so many actresses have this haircut? Uh, and I think it was like someone's like there's something about like it resets well or something or whatever it was. I forget how to describe it. There was like an article about it, if I believe. 
But anyway, follow-up question related. Uh, do you have a favorite Toho character? I still am not really sure what that is after listening to all the other answers. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of girls and they shoot each other. Some of them are Shadamade, some of them are Yokai. Uh, bullet Hills. Danmaku, as they say. Uh, but that also the music is very good. Okay. And it's the has this of, been? Is this a new question, or has this no. been like a thing you've been asking for years? I, I think I've been asking this for over a year at this point. Someone, someone was asking uh, people. Uh, Soul and Mochi. Soul was asking about rocks. Mochi was asking about Toho for a very long time. They've since stopped submitting the questions, but I've gotten used to asking them, and I like, and I'm curious. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no idea. Uh, good, but that's also an acceptable answer to that question. Uh, it's why it's a my choice. favorite one is all of them. I can't choose. Oh, that's such a hard choice. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, anyway, we're going to one final break, and we'll be back with the group after this. After uh, one minute and forty-one seconds, approximately. Stephen, thank you for being here. Uh, beer with deluxe a little more uh, low tempo uh, track this time of of course my 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 personal <laughs> screaming female summer in which i just listened to a lot of them but we're back the whole crew's here uh welcome to the crew uh we are yes welcome back to the to the show we are just hanging out uh, with the, everyone here. Now, now, oh, I should have looked at the haircut article. Anyway, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to close that incognito window that I use for searching things because I don't want people to know what I like. I don't want search engines to think that I like things. It's uh, uh, a fun thing on YouTube, though. I love, I love going that incognito mode and going, what? How do people live like this? Uh, just getting the default recommendations. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, I'm a, sure they're atrocious. It's it's a lot of strange things. I learned. I learned a lot about uh, a certain gentleman, you know. Or I see he's very surprised about a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, these guys got to close. People got to close their mouths. People taking photos. Yeah, Got to close their damn mouths. <laughs> I don't understand, like, presumably people do that because statistically, you know, people click on thumbnails with big open mouths on them. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why is that a thing that anyone wants to go look at? I've like, never... how is that in any way convincing to anyone anymore that a video would be exciting? I've never, I've never understood it like that, kind of like that style of photo. Uh, I guess it shows you having a fun time, maybe? Um, maybe it looks inviting you know like yeah. they're your friend and they're talking to you right <laughs> it's like ah oh, i love connecting with this guy who got paid who got some spawn con going on <laughs> for a second uh i saw this thing it looked like the little twitter logo on this like uh chakras video and i thought for a second that it was like there's your stereotypical uh chakras pose and i thought it was like a bunch of different social media icons and i did not <laughs> uh 
kind of think that that would be a strange thing to see. But anyway, I I just want to be uh I want to be invited on people. Why don't invite people on to react to things? You know, I need to react to things. I can. You should just start making react videos. We showed this indie mouth all open. We showed this indie publisher thirteen indie games, and let me tell you what he thought about them. <laughs> and I'll be like. Indie games. You should just do a react video to like the emails that you get. <laughs> Maybe every indie apocalypse cover from now on should have. Just they just have your face. On it. <laughs> people have asked like before. That. People have asked before. Does indie apocalypse have a logo? I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. I'm 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 like very brand diverse, you know. Besides yeah. having. A consistent name. Well, I think your your brand is that brand aversion, yeah. which maybe un- it's upsetting news to hear, but right, which, <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's I'll take it, that it. in itself is effective as a brand. I'll I'll take it as a as a as a brand as a yeah. Every a the fact that every cover of every issue is like a completely different art style, it's cool. And I've got I've got like the next three like already. I've got two of the next three already. Like they just oh, nice. to me already. And it's like, oh, I, love, I love to see him. That's what I want. Out of, I mean, that's what I want out of games. I want better box art in games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, that's less of a thing now that physical copies are less of a thing. But I like, I think that's a way to make, you know, something that's ostensibly just marketing and promotion, like, actually enjoyable to make and to experience as the person seeing it is just like investing in like nice interesting art as part of your as all the adjacent material to your game yeah there's like i love when an itch game has like a really cool custom page right right or and just played a game a while ago called high fleet and it came with like a huge pdf manual Ooh. Ooh. yeah okay yeah, was it one of those like three ring binder kind of deals, or, or I guess you could? Did you? I guess I should ask. Did I, you I print did not it out print put, it out. <laughs> did it, you, I think I saw some people did in fact print it out because it was very useful for how complicated that game is. Yeah, yeah I'm I, looking at it, and it seems it seems elaborate. Seems cool. Yeah, it's one of those like, yeah, gigantic UIs because you need every piece of the UI. Oh, it's this like is this building is... mech slash blimp slash like that kind of yeah, it's super cool. tech machines. It's pretty wild. I'm so like caught up and like I feel like I almost never play games that aren't being a little guy. Like, <laughs> I feel like I need to be able to run around and jump and stuff. <laughs> No, you need to be. A I have jump. a hard time with menu-based games. I guess. Oh, okay. Saying. Oh yeah, I love. Yeah. Not literally a guy who runs and jumps, but you know, a character. Yeah, right. Uh, someone you're controlling. I'm. I'm a. You can yeah. picture the little guy in the scary spaceship. Yeah. If it helps. <laughs> yeah. Or playing as a guy who's clicking on buttons. Right. Your your little guy is waiting patiently to take his turn. <laughs> uh, no, I love role-playing games uh which is which is a weird thing when people were 
uh, started talking about like uh jrpgs you know when people in that when you know when that pops up every now and then and it's like because in my mind that is like a very it's not even in my mind it's weird weirdly j doesn't in it doesn't like stand for japanese it kind of just is it's uh an empty term yeah. in a way well it's sort yeah. of it implies a very specific kind of japanese rpg right that also you can now find from you know every other country right right it was it's just a, how it's like a genre name kind of thing it was a weird thing because i'm like no that it, it did not in my mind does not describe like i would never call a FromSoft game a jrpg yeah well except for maybe i mean looking at um some of these older ones maybe yeah even uh maybe i want to get like lost, lost kingdoms lost kingdoms kind of looks like a jrpg to me I mean, i'm getting sad now but, but it's because it like it basically means like i don't know it's the aesthetic of what a jrpg means is very heavily influenced by basically like square enix right in dragon quest yes yeah, yes yeah, square, yeah. square and enix <laughs> square and enix and then square enix and that's like the lens of what makes something a jrpg yeah in my mind it is it is, it is of that lineage of like i'm standing yeah, on I my mean, it's Phoenix logics yeah it's a name for a specific thing yeah oh which is yes. not uncommon in video genres games. are always really wild in games like it's it's you were talking about that earlier but it's hard to it's hard to pin down and define a lot of them yeah i um, always hate writing out metroidvania but yes. like it's it's what people know unfortunately yeah. i mean they're, they're basically a marketing term like they're not very useful i find at least for making games like yeah. i would never go like i'm gonna make a game of this genre really usually but it's like, how do I tell people what my game is? Right. Call. I. I. I do like. I do like search action, as that 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 other phrase that like translated Japanese version of, uh, Metroidvania. Oh, search action is actually much more informative as to what the genre is if you right. don't know about Metroid or Castlevania. And that's I think I've tried you search to, and you do action. Yes. <laughs> I think I've tried to use like exploration platformer at some point. Right. I feel like I see that often for Metroidvanias that are like less strictly key and door power up things. Right. right. Like if yeah. it's like a more open world kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine saying open world for something that is a platformer. If it's, if it's not gated in the way Metroidvania normally is like, I don't know what genre would you say Sylvie Line is? That's another indie apocalypse game. Right, right. It's, <laughs> it's like there's no power ups. I just oh, there, no, there are power ups, yeah. but it's very like you can go everywhere without them, and it's very open. Right. It's like it's a right. There, there are the. It's a hard to. You know, is is it this is in the same so an exploration platform? Is it like a? Is it's a? It's a. It's in the same genre as the Dressel family. You know. <laughs> It's also like there's there's aesthetic genres, there are narrative genres, there are gameplay genres. Yeah, yeah. I think gameplay genre takes uh, precedent too many too often. Is kind I of think, the, the problem we run you know, into. People talk about like a game being a sci-fi game pretty yeah. often, often like things like that, like like fantasy, sci-fi, military. Those are like the narrative slash aesthetic genres. Yeah. There, it's weird things. We need, I, we need to get more into music of like uh, obtuse subgenres of things. Yeah. No. We honestly, we should. Like, it's it's a it's sort of a language set, and the more variety of it you have, the more accurately you can describe things. Yeah. Like maybe maybe the average person can't tell you exactly what broke pop means, but 
you like well once you've learned what it is it's a very specific term that you can yeah, use right. and you can use it in combination with other ones yeah and then then we would have the language for what a sylvie lime is it's like oh it's like because i would say okay you know it's massacre yeah but that's that's like almost a difficulty genre that doesn't really mean imply anything about the gameplay other than that it's hard right because it doesn't it applies a little bit about the way it's hard i guess Right, and it doesn't play like, and does mass. Does some people massacre would imply like that the game is like kind of out to get you. Right. Yeah. And that like I want to be the guy Kaizo style. That's true. But then it's like, what is? Yeah, I guess it's maybe a little lighter than, than traditional massacre. There's stuff. there's so much stuff. There's genres are endless. That's uh, true. I will say. Weird, unexpected shout out uh, to Indiepocalypse contributor Nielsen Carroll, who wrote the Hardcore Gaming 101 article for Lost Kingdoms. Uh, that's that's it's a that is like one of my uh, when when I'm looking up a game, and I, I do a little like chef's kiss when one of the first articles that when one of the first links that comes up is a Hardcore Gaming 101 because I'm like now I know I'm in for a good time. Because I feel like there is like a very specific focus, uh, like uh, you know that 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 site in general is cultivated over probably how long is it? How long has that thing been around? Like decades at this point. I'm just happy to see a website that exists. You know. Yeah. It's not just Twitter or whatever. And if you if you want to learn about if you want to read like eight thousand words or whatever about Lost Kingdoms. They got your back. It's one of the one of the weirder things about writing for games is that you kind of you have to do a lot more description than you would for like a movie, just right. because movies have more of that standardized language and format and games you really have to describe and establish what something is definitely in game development too like we really don't have standards for things for terms for processes like you just say it's like this other thing you know people will be like oh we're we're doing this strategy we're doing this using this design concept and it's like nobody we didn't all go to school and learn the same book of design concepts like it's all Everybody has such different like backgrounds and interpretations of things. Yeah, there's no standards, which I kind of like. You don't drop ludo narrative dissonance in the conversation <laughs> a lot. That's the that's the gold standard of games writing. To to to, to create your own uh, ludo narrative dissonance, like oh, it's weird how uh, 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 this guy is, does different things at different times, almost as if I, the player, am an active participant in the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, April. Yeah, that's the beauty is you can you can put your own ludo narrative dissonance into a game. It's really yeah. up to you. If if your guy didn't act the way the guy you wanted the guy to act, that's kind of on you. Skill issue. Like I'm sure it's not in the intention of the design that when we were younger we turned Halo Two into a racing game. Uh, and set up our own courses. Sir Chief would never do this. No, but we. Was, <laughs> but that's the thing. You can like, oh, I'll just make my own. Yeah, I can make great. my own game. 
house rules house rules i think are really important to like my understanding of what a game even is right like, it's always it's always a two-way street it's it's kind of like the um it's one it's a nice little thing that like game i mean you know movies have it in some there is you know the, the those few exceptions like the room you know uh or uh you know rocky horror that are kind of like gamified or like there's like a clear like house sure. rule, house rules audience participation but yeah no movies and books and things can be games too everything is like it's just humans we love we love to hang out with each we other play. humans like playing and making up rules and breaking rules and yeah pretty much the vibe even not humans sometimes i think about how like like lions play right they, they'll do like play hunting and play fighting and stuff yeah it's oh, like... a very natural thing to I'm just saying, humans were just overly complicated animals, you know. Yeah. You're like, what if, what if a, uh, what if a, a squirrel got two in his head about things, you know? <laughs> they, they might from time to time. And just start overthinking everything. Am I leaving enough acorns for everybody else? Right. It's like, what if, what if, I, what if there weren't enough acorns? What if I took all the acorns and you had to give me leaves in exchange for more, some of these acorns? Oh, no. <laughs> Even though there are plenty available on the ground. <laughs> but anyway. Coral gone wrong. But yeah, we. Oh, rival schools united by. No, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. I'm. My my side thing is I was looking through these. Uh, I was looking to see how old Hardcore Gaming 101 is. And 2004 is, I think, the earliest. Wow, almost 20 years. Yeah, and they were, you know, in, in 2006. Like, I think this that kind of thing. This is what I talk about when I say, uh, you know, spend 10 years and hopefully it'll pay off in 10 years. You know, <laughs> they've stuck at it for a very long time, and they do like yeah. have like nice books. I think you know they have crowdfunding books. That I think regularly meet their goals and stuff. Do they? Is it generally like retro games that they cover? Uh, kind of, but I think they do cover some. I I would. The thing is, I would hesitate to call it like a retro game site. You know, because right. they, they focus on older games, but I think retro game has a certain. It's like, like even more specific than that. I think retro game has a certain connotation to it. You know. Right. And, and yeah, my, also they definitely do cover newer things. Just, yeah, they have like Borderlands and stuff. My impression of oh, it wow. has always they redesigned the site in a way that I don't like. Oh, <laughs> right. kind of made it more, more, more. Yeah, it was very old internet. I guess. Or... I guess I more mean that they're not just covering the big new games that they come out. They're specifically no. seeking out games from whatever time period. Right, and right. Investigating them. That's pretty interesting. They used. To, do they still have? They used to have like a bounty board. I don't know if they still do. Ooh. It used to be like we need someone to write about Sheer and the Wanderer. You know. <sighs> Wow, I would do that if there's a bounty board. I don't know if they still have it though, but that is. I've like, like thought about trying to do more games writing, although, you know, everything that you've just I'll said, do it. <laughs> you've been you've been saying no, no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I... if you it's if you're Not okay doing career, it for yourself, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine, you I... know. But I like I've been trying... if you're trying to get paid for it and. <laughs> make a living at it please run far away right like i i've been wanting to write up like do small write-ups of those this FromSoft games as i play them and I've, and I've i wrote my first one so i'm getting closer um to actually doing it but like 
this idea of just like I like the idea of just like writing a little bit, you know. Mm. Just like writing yeah. writing thoughts or like writing journal entries, not to be it doesn't have to be like a fully I think that's part of the internet is it kinda like makes you think that you have to be like the fully perfect researched like the thing that you know, the thing that everybody shares around, you know. I think it can kinda trap you in that mindset when you can just be like, Oh, I can just write a thing for myself, uh, and maybe a couple other people, and not everybody has to read it. What if you could fit it into hundred and forty characters uh, yeah. on one website where other people are? I could do that. What if that website didn't even have a name, it was just a letter? Because <laughs> it was super cool. The, the last button you press, you go to that website. I'm thinking about games now. I was thinking about a video like, ah, oh, The Last Blade. Anyway, um, I, that's my, I mean, I, I mean, if you, if you were around for the early era of Indiepocalypse, there was a time where I was hosting uh, some of Kurt Collada's, like, uh, writing in hardcore, like, hardcore gaming 101 writing in Indiepocalypse. Uh, Is that the thing where it was, like, a bad game review kind of thing? No, that was Cassie. That's the Bad Game Hall yeah. of Fame. Uh, which is a different ah. website that's been around for a very long time. Also, also the Bad Game Hall of Fame is also good. I'd recommend yeah. Bad Game Hall of Fame as well. Uh, no, but that is like uh, an appreciation for you know trash. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I I have a true lo- I'm a true lover of trash. Uh, and you know bad games. Because I think there's all sorts of cool stuff you can get from them. Yeah. I mean, things that are bad, you know, being fun or whatever, might be good at something else. Or just have, like, ideas in them that nobody else would have ever done. Yeah. There is, there is, it's, it goes back to, I love when people make choices. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, yeah. And, like, Specific. your Neil Breen's of the world are making a lot of choices. Sometimes it helps to just, go back to a thing after the context of its release has sort of gone away a little bit and you're yeah. not looking at it as like, here's this 800th PS2 action game or whatever, and it's something you've sought out and it makes you look at it a little differently than maybe a reviewer would have at the time. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of those... Uh... Like there is a lot of things that you uh, you approach from like a different lens outside of the kind of uh, the world of right right when something is like one of fifteen uh, X genre you know you can easily they can easily get lost in in like the 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 the, mess, the noise of everything. I think there's a lot of merit in just like taking a game as it is and not being like these things are bad, this should be better, and just be just like trying to beat whatever right. it's throwing at you. And just being like, okay, this is the challenge I'm provided with. This, you know, let me see if I can do this, and like that can be a very fulfilling thing. I think. Yeah, I just taking art as is, I'm not trying to compare it to other art. Was it? I feel like I saw something. It might have been a good tweet from Del Toro, uh, Guillermo. That is. Uh, I was <laughs> you're like, on a lot, you're on a lot of names. Well, I, I realized I said that. I'm like, people could think Vinicio. 
but no. That's true. There's more than one famous Del Toro. Yeah, no, I'm talking Guillermo Del Toro. Uh, Benicio on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but he was talking about like how he approached like reviewing, uh, you know, film of like trying to take things on its own merit, and it's it's not something he invented, obviously. Uh, it's like probably a very common approach to it, but it's just the first t- one of the earliest times uh, or one of the times I saw someone like, v- you know, clearly vocalize it of like uh, viewing art on its own merits of like what, what it's trying to accomplish more than like, is it good or whatever <laughs> or whatever kind of standards you're applying to it? Yeah. Though I, I feel like that also ends up kind of leading there. Cause then you're right. Sort of evaluating whether it did accomplish what it set out to do yeah yeah i think it's just like a, a place that i like to approach it from rather than like judging it based yeah. on other things like how does this platformer stack up to mario uh it's like oh, i don't care uh, but how does it stack up within its own world you know i think it's more of like getting people outside of the he- it's, it's just like a broad way of saying get out of your heads that kind of headspace of uh thinking too much in terms of the familiar yeah honestly one of the things i i struggle with a lot reviewing is i think generally what i want to do more of is just sort of talk about how something works and why something does a thing and whether it works and so and the value judgment at the end sort of almost irrelevant but it's something you sort of have to do because it's expected right. i guess yeah because it's you're i feel like especially reviewing games you're kind of stuck in that like it's really like, you know reviewing games as like a job uh yeah you're stuck in that they're still kind of they still feel very good like consumer reviews are still like an important part of them. Yeah. I feel like that's, I think we are, we have gotten a lot more away from that. Right. And, but yeah, there is still that element to it. And everybody just looks at things in terms of how they feed into a score on Metacritic. Right. Yes. <laughs> you, Games GameSpot gets rid of their uh, uh, their like Excel spreadsheet of scores, and now only only to it just reverse back to everything. It just goes in the Metacritic, and is this a good game? What's the Metacritic score? I have to my game. The games I like are better than the games you like because my Metacritic score is higher. <laughs> That's actually one of the things that gives me pause about reviewing indie games. Sometimes right. is it feels like if you're giving it kind of an okay score that it it's almost more hurtful than if you had not covered it at all. Right. <laughs> Potentially. I mean, like the coverage on itself without the score is beneficial, I think, to an indie game. But then, yeah, if they, if they need their numbers to be good. It's like people who like leave well thought out and negative reviews on steam of a game they like and they really write up all this stuff and it's like yeah that's just 
just because of like the way the algorithm the shop works it's like you've really legitimately harmed this game or like a joke negative review right where they clearly did actually like it it's like, hey, funny but like or unfortunately or, these matter or they liked it but like not in like they or they wanted to like it or they mostly liked it but steam steam is in yeah. particular is is a binary yes or no Mm-hmm. Which is and Metacritic is inflated with games to the point where like any like a seventy any anything below a seventy five I believe is what they count as a negative essentially right wow. and that I don't know like I I read a lot for a site that scores things on a scale of like five stars that becomes an issue a lot. Yes. Just because. <laughs> right. Well, these you, units are less too, or like larger kind of. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's no score for, I broadly liked this, but there were issues with it. Right. You know, it, it should it be just, three. Or even like 3.5. Yeah. And, but yeah, the, the only scores you can give are like a perfect score, a really great score, or then like the equivalent of an eight. And even that's still like, I really like this. And there's maybe an issue, but it's not that big of a deal. And I, I, I struggle a lot with that, with the lack of a middle ground. Yeah, I mean, I think my ideal would just not be having scores on. Oh yeah, game I mean, not having scores is great, but yeah. unfortunately, people tend to click on the ones with scores. Yeah, right, because they they want to see the, uh, the the number at the end, you know. Yeah. Even if they, you know, I didn't Eurogamer recently move to scoring things. When they hadn't previously. Oh yeah, interesting. Because I think, because I bet even having game like having a score, like showing up on Metacritic, you know, uh, like that. Probably... Yeah, on Metacritic, when you don't have a score, it's like at the very bottom. I believe right. This is right. like here's these other ones, but it's score it. So it's like they want people to like, you know, draw. They you know like oh if I have a score on Metacritic people might click through to Eurogamer to read the full review, theoretically. Yeah. But, uh, who knows? I'm kind of also, personally, someone who, like, prefers playing things pretty blind and, like, watching things pretty blind. Yeah. No, I love going to reviews after the fact often. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do a lot, too. That's what I did before I started writing about things myself, I guess. I even like, you know, uh, negative reviews of things that I like because I like good, well-written ones. You're like, oh, yeah, I get why they say that, you know. Um, but even even if I'm even if I have a different takeaway, it's a nice little uh, thing to read. Uh like just like well thought out ideas because we can have you know different takeaways from the same readings of things. It's almost as if art is subjective. Yeah. Uh, 
but 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 uh speaking of all that uh stuff um does anyone have any oh jesus christ <laughs> two and a half hours i've been trying yeah, to pay, i've been trying to pay attention to this thing and then because there was like two more guests than i've had lately i would kind of kind of lo- like lost the thread and then i was like oh, wait a minute uh-oh uh, so does anyone have any any last burning statements or questions for anyone? Anything to say? No, we get to not I. Did Timothy? They're not back. He's here. Oh, I'm here. Yes. Oh, okay. Just been hanging out. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty good. Good, good. Uh, so I will uh, instead go to the the part of podcasts that people crave. They're like, all these guests are here. Where can I, I know where to find Andrew. I know where to find your stuff. You're here. You're going to be here every week. You're found. But these people, these other people, they're not going to be here every week. Where can I get their stuff? I want to follow them further. And Steven, where can people find your stuff? If they'd like to uh, follow your stuff further. Uh, I guess Twitter for now. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter at midfalutin. And I also, I, I'm going to, I threw it into the old uh, chat. I like, I try to find people's links. You, if you go to uh, patreon.com slash midfalutin, would we find something there too? Seems to like the Twitter. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spin up the Patreon again. Then something I've neglected for a while. Right. It's yeah. You know, it's a it's a hard thing. I'm trying to it's a whole. Yes. Do you think that's our stuff? Um, I I was on your Twitter and I looked at that thing from the Psychonauts thing and it's like, no, Tim, it will not become retro. Retro games. Games need to. Uh, games need to kill. Uh, Retro is a term. Yeah, I mean, it's only going to make less and less sense. We're going to have to start coming up with periods like, like visual art has. Yeah, we just need to just get rid of it. I'm, now I'm looking at this high school horror list, and I'm just looking at your, your Twitter media. And I'm like, Suspiria. What a... Anyway, anyway. No movies. No, enough movies. Enough of me just looking at lists of movies and going, <laughs> I should watch some of these movies. Uh, wait, Robert Rodriguez directed The Faculty? <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. I yeah. that. I need to. It's really goofy. It's kind of just doing the Invasion of the Body Snatchers thing, and there's yeah. a scene in the movie where they go, hey, this is like that movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> it's really silly. That's yeah, yeah. good uh, VFX, too. Oh, it's written by the Scream guy. Okay. What is? I've never. What a superstar cat! I I need to. I, I, I pay for that. I have the little. I have the card for that channel. <laughs> they gave me. Uh, I have one of those like charter membership. Like they gave me like a metal card. Uh, because I signed up for that Criterion channel like day one. And I need to watch more stuff on it. But it's you know that thing of. What's the word? Uh physical stuff and it lives in the digital space 
So I'm like, why should I watch this thing that lives in the internet when I could watch stuff that's lying around my house? You could always buy the faculty and lay it around somewhere in your house. I could buy the faculty and lay it around somewhere in my house. Does, well, the faculty seems like a thing. So, okay. I could probably get the I could probably go online, get the faculty for like 10 bucks on Amazon. That's what we need. That's what we need for uh That's why I said we need a DVD player for games. There should be no reason why I can't buy like a super cheap version of Yeah, look at this. 11 12 bucks for for a Blu-ray of that. I should be able to buy, you know, fucking I should be able to pay twelve bucks for a USB stick that has Crystallis on it, and I plug it, into, <laughs> and then I plug it into my my you know multi-purpose emulator box thing. Yeah, and it just works. Like the weirdness, the weirdness about like emulation being not perfect is like, buddy, have you ever heard of VHS? Uh, uh cassette tapes like. You know, so so many other mediums have like and you know, like uh, the the perfect version is such a non-issue, you know. But I don't know, games and platforms, it feels behind the times. Yeah, well, just we're so bad at preservation for games. Yeah, and it, like, there's also there's like legitimate reasons it's hard, and then there's just like money reasons that people make it hard. Right. Like uh, things do things do not need to be like whatever a nice cool retrospective version of Karateka is neat, yeah. But not. But every... also, just let people emulate things. Right, right. There should just fucking listen. Put put your. Do you own Kadelka? If you own Kadelka, put the ISO of Kadelka on itch.io. Who cares? Sell it on itch. <laughs> That's true. Like, who's stopping you? Um, actually, who does Who did make Kadelka? Anyway, because it's like, it's like Shadow Hearts adjacent. Sacknoth, are they defunct? Who are they a subsidiary of? Subsidiary of. Some Azure. of these games are probably truly like people probably don't even know who owns these anymore. Uh, let's see, Universal Entertainment maybe owns Kadelka. Universal Entertainment. What are they? Distribute casino, arcade machines, pachinko, publisher of video games. Do they still publish video games? Do they publish Mr. Do? Anyway. They're one, of, one of the notable games published by Universal, released by Universal, is Mr. Do, everyone's favorite. The platonic ideal of a video game mascot, honestly. Yes, we are. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we, we should probably wrap up. <laughs> we are trying to wrap up. John Lee, where can people find your stuff before I start? Um, they can find pretty much everything that matters on my itch page, which is ergman, E-R-G-M-A-N dot itch.io. Uh, that links my Twitter, which is John Lee underscore erg, and all my other social media stuff is basically John Lee underscore yeah, it's, erg. it's all just a, a little... But it should all be connected there. Yeah. It's all like uh, a, a little maze of stuff uh timothy where can people find your work if they're looking for it uh you can find me on twitter at teles uh, armis or 
Perfect. Uh, uh, for my part, you know, you go to IndiePocalypse.com and you buy IndiePocalypse. Uh, buy yeah, enough, do it. Buy enough time and these people here, we've got two testimonials of people who have receivers. Okay, the closest thing I have to a brand is I like I like referring to the IndiePocalypse $6 promise. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, non-binary... Uh, uh, oh, God, I'm forgetting their name because I'm so used to seeing people's Twitter names. But they had uh, posted, you know, like, I like IndiePocalypse because I think it's cool. And sometimes Andrew gives you six, sends you $6 through PayPal. Yeah, that's great. And then I send you $6 through Patreon. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful cycle. It's a beautiful circle. Like, I, I think it was the Catabytes who said uh, indie games is just trading the same $5 back and forth forever. People have been saying that about indie scenes in general, probably I, yeah. before the Catamites. I think that's just where the last time I saw, uh, like, someone took a screenshot of it was on a forum. Yeah, but nice. I think that that's that that sentiment has existed before video games even existed. You know, it's weird. The Catamites did like a review of uh, and other stories. So I don't yeah. know them at all, but that that happened to occur for some reason. People are interesting. You know. I'm a big active, fan of his games. So. Active within the indie space, so cool. am I. Uh, yeah. I remember, you know, in, I think it's Space Funeral thing still exists within my giant, I have like this decades-old folder of indie games. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been in this shit for a long time. <laughs> in the trenches. Yeah. All I've right. Been, been in the indie game trenches since I was a middle schooler playing games on Newgrounds, you know. Uh, but uh, that said, go there by IndiePocalypse. Speaking of, if you want to join IndiePocalypse, you can go to IndiePocalypse.com submit. It's where you submit your games. Uh, go to IndiePocalypse.com slash Patreon. Uh, for five bucks, if you want to get commission, just the commission games, I, I stand by. What a, They're always really good. What a deal. If you're like uh, uh, one of the most recent games, uh, give up or... Never. I'm used to be very good at memorizing every single name of every single game in itch uh, in, in Apocalypse, but sometimes I think it's just give up, right? Give me up. I knew I was missing a word in there somewhere. Give me up recently was covered in uh, an Italian communist periodical. Ooh. Uh, by a friend of the show, Quote. Matteo, uh, had written up, has a game. Uh, column there wrote give me up in there by blueberry soft but yeah no there's a lot of like if you want to see what is like the hottest some of the hottest devs who are underpaid <laughs> go to you want that tier because they i can if i can afford them it means mm -hmm. they need more money and you should be giving them more money uh and then if you go to indiepocalypse.com slash tapes you don't find my playlist but you do find uh, physical editions of Indiepocalypse, which are USB sticks inside little cassette cases, which I think are neat. They look great on the shelf. These covers pop through the plastic of a thing. But I'll say, uh, Divi, uh, John Lee, uh, Stephen, and the Departed, uh, which is to say left early Yasmin. <laughs> departed. Uh, departed. Uh, sorry, I'm a Boston guy, you know? All we think about is the Departed, dude. Uh, uh, I'm not from Boston. I don't talk like that. I don't, know, 
I don't know if I've never met it. I don't know if I've actually met a person that kind of that talks like that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you for doing your stuff that you do. We're going to leave the show. Uh, I'm going to go get some food. Yeah. Eat. See you later. Thanks Goodbye. For See you. Well.